Hey, everybody, it's your host, Felipe, and I'm, you're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. With me, as always, is Austin Spiro. Austin, how are you doing today? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Um, good morning. It's a nice morning out here in California, and uh, I haven't had to run my air conditioning or heater in the last three or four days, so it's been nice weather. We're not a... Uh, <laughs> We're not going to we're not going to be experiencing that for a while longer, but, you know, it's nice to have it while it's here. All right. Well, uh, Austin, as we were mentioning off the air, you're a former baseball player. You played some college. And so I decided, you know what, let's bring some balance. You were an, uh, uh, a college hitter. So I bring in from the bullpen a college pitcher to join us. James, hand the boat. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself and what what are you doing here? today? What's up, everyone? Uh, I'm James. I'm here. Uh from the fan tracks baseball life uh fantasy uh group here we're going to be talking about our draft today so they brought me in to talk about how i'm a shitty drafter you know so we're going to talk about why i don't know how to draft my team (laughs) let's let's start dissecting well uh, james really quick uh you mind telling the folks where they can find you um before we get started i know you have a, a twitch page out there uh, yeah, I have a Twitch. It's a uh, twitch.tv slash sly SSB sly SLY SSB um, stream up multitude of games there. But other than that, just, you know, same name on Facebook and Instagram sly SSB. You can find me anywhere there. And now uh, what kind of games do you play? Do you play first person shooters? Do you play, uh, I don't know, Pokemon? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, tell me. I, I competitively play FPSs for my school and oh, okay. as well as like on my own. But I play like a bunch of other games too. Like if I'm just like bored of competing or being toxic all day online, then I'll play like Pokemon or or like uh, I don't know. Sometimes I play Sly Cooper, the old Sly games. Yeah. Some, every once in a while, but you know, mostly just FPS games, I would say. And for those who don't know, James is a big time Mets fan, so he's representing the Mets. He's representing uh, video games. He's representing <laughs> he's representing himself. So, all right, let's get started. Oh, I should probably share my screen. Uh, so this is the league that we Austin, you and I talked about with Sean last week when we uh, went over everybody's keepers, and that is not the right screen. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's uh, I don't know what the hell was that. I mean, I know what I was. It just wasn't the right screen. Okay, here we go. And uh, we kept six keepers, so this is it says round one, round two, but this is virtually the seventh round. And with the first pick in the seventh round, or if you want to just stick with the semantics that are, are in front of you, with the first pick in the 2022 Baseball Life League draft, Always Aaron, what's that? What's that? Always see his rankings. Oh, oh, what the hell? Screenshot, screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. Those rankings are old now. All right, here we go. Now, okay. So, yeah, virtual seventh round, but with the first pick overall in this Baseball Life League, it's Mario Mercola taking Aranola, which we discussed. We actually discussed the four, first four picks last week because this is a slow draft. Uh, so, let's see. We go from comeback seasoning, which is Matthew Williams' team. No, he no, we discussed that. Sorry. Chick take the long ball. Long ball. That's Aaron's team. Blue Jays fan, so she picked the Blue Jays pitcher. But to her, you know, normally I make fun that these are homer picks, but to her credit, there were two or three Blue Jays uh, starting pitchers that were in my top 15, as you guys may or may not have seen in the previous screenshot. Uh, but I, you know what? I, I feel like she had to make that pick, uh, especially uh, Austin. You said that you, you said you counted the number, and well, how many pitchers went in the first couple of rounds here? In the first 24 picks, so in the first two rounds, 14 of the picks were pitchers. And I don't remember if this was something that was discussed with Sean on the air or off the air, but he asked me, hey, hey Felipe, so I got to ask you, can you, are you able to tell me what you're going to do in this draft today? 
And I, and I honestly tell him I have no idea, but after looking at the landscape of the players that were available and what was needed on my team, because remember, I, I had, uh, I had uh, Luis, I had uh, Juan Soto, Luis Robert, Vladimir Guerrero, and Rafael Devers on my team already. So to me, I'm already set uh, in terms of offense, but my weakness was pitching. I might go pitcher, and I guess everybody else thought the same thing um, with that as well. Uh, James, what was your strategy going into this draft for your team? Uh, that's actually something I want to talk about is one of my biggest faults. Um, I think like my biggest fault as a drafter is that I try to draft a lot of people. Well, not intentionally that like do many things, if that makes sense. Right. And something that I've come to realize, especially when you're playing in the categories league, yeah. it's, it's smart. Like it's okay to draft a guy like Joey Gallo, who's going to hit 40 home runs, but hit 180. You know what I mean? It's like, it's okay because you just got to supplement that with something else, but now you're set in that home run category, you know, you're allowed to have like specialists, but yeah. I keep drafting people that are like just great players overall, but they don't really do one thing particularly well. You know what I mean? And I think that's a little bit my downfall here. So I came in here trying to be a little bit more like pinpointed and like, like, hey, I want to win this category. Oh, I need to, this guy doesn't, you know, he hits a hundred. I need to supplement him with this guy, but I don't know. I kind of got a little lost here with the having so many keepers. There's a lot of people off the table. You know what I mean? It's, I feel yeah. like it, the, ADPs were really off, so I had to like kind of free it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I don't even look at ADP anymore, man. I, I yeah, I've done either. drafts with ADP, and it, ADP is so dynamic. And that's for those who don't know, average draft position is so dynamic, and it changes from time to time. And the worst part is, you are depending you you you're you're basically using ADP as a crutch, in that the fact that you're depending on it to be universal, and it's not. Every league is different. Uh, what you think is, oh, well, I'll just wait around to pick number 180 to pick this player that I really want. And then, you know, he's gone like three rounds before that pick is even made. And then you're just left wondering what the hell happened. Uh, but no, I mean, exactly. some, some of the stuff that you mentioned is pretty on par. Unfortunately, I don't draft that way. Like, oh, well, I need a, I need I need I need someone who can steal from me. I need someone who can hit home runs for me or in this league. We have like 22 categories or 24 at this point. I lost count yeah, already. I, I don't know. I need someone who can give me some triples. I don't look at it that way. I still exactly. do the whole, I want the best player that is going to help my team no matter what. If I'm going to get someone who can steal bases, he better goddamn well not cost me an on-base percentage <laughs> or or not hit or only hit 10 doubles for this season. I don't do that. You know, I, I Yeah, I, I then, don't want my words to get misconstrued. So I meant more like I you you should have your like baseline guys that do everything, yeah. but like you know having a Joey Gallo on your team to like help add a little bit more to like that home run category. Like you shouldn't be like okay, one guy home runs, one guy stolen bases, one guy yeah yeah okay. I you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I meant more like uh, I feel like I drafted everybody was like a two eighty like three forty on base percentage like can hit at least 20 home runs. Like, it's just like, I was like middle in like every category, if that makes sense. Okay. So. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Even Keel wins the race sometimes, but we'll see. Let's keep going here. Trevor story, Lance Lynn, uh, JT real Muto. So it's pretty uh, standard. I mean, the real Muto being the first catcher, not surprising, maybe going this early might be, but again, this is virtually the seventh round at this point. So maybe this is the time to pull the trigger on that guy. Uh, well, especially since Salvador Perez was already capped. Yeah, exactly. Good memory there. Uh, Austin Riley going to Henry's team. And then it gets to me and Sean because the last three drafts, Sean and I have been uh, pretty much tied to the hip. I don't know if the if the baseball, if the fantasy baseball gods are punishing us for having a podcast and this is a, their way of revenge. But yeah, I had to think, OK, well, do I go with Emmanuel Classe, who I have really highly ranked this year? 
or do I just go with Dylan Cease and, you know, back-to-back starting pitchers? I went with Class A, hoping that all this time that Sean has been kind of poo-pooing Dylan Cease, uh, that maybe Dylan Cease would come back to me. That was not the case. So even Sean, I think even Sean in the chat said that, well, if you would have picked Dylan Cease, I would have just gone with Manuel Class A, so it don't matter. Like, all right. So either way, we're, this is what happens when you do a podcast with someone for like the last four or five years. We, we were on the same telepathic uh, journey here. So uh, I keep thinking about this. Was this the pick to make? I mean, Austin, you're a, a, a non-bystander uh, bystander there. Who would you have gone here? Would you have gone with the relief pitcher, Emmanuel Class A, or the starting pitcher, Dylan Cease, in this first round? So this is the virtual seventh round, right? right? So if this is the virtual seventh round, I think I think right around this time is probably because I've been doing a lot of mock drafts. Right around this time is usually when I start thinking about trying to draft a relief pitcher, either the seventh, eighth, or ninth round. Yeah. Um, usually by the ninth round, the 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 viable relief pitching options are gone. Uh, you know, the Emmanuel Classes, the Edwin Diaz is the Josh haters, the, you know, people like that. They're usually gone in the seventh or eighth round. So I think, I think drafting class a was good, especially since, like I said, 14 out of the first 24 picks were pitchers. So, you know, by the time you get down to where you're at, I mean, you're right at the turn. So you saw almost everybody else in front of you draft a pitcher, right? You saw, much, yeah. you saw Mario draft a pitcher, um, you know, Matthew drafted pitcher. What in front of you? You had one, two, three, four, five. You had five picks at pitcher in a row, or five picks right before you as a pitcher. So you know, and you need, you know, you didn't have a relief pitcher. So you know, I I can see the pick for Emmanuel Classe. Oh, oh, Uh, hold on, I had Liam Hendricks as uh, as my keeper as well. So, oh well, then yeah, that sets you up. You know, that's the other thing. Yeah, that sets you up. You didn't have to think about relief pitching for the rest of the draft. I think that's one of my weaknesses yeah. as a drafter is sometimes I forget about the relief pitching. <laughs> um, and then, and then, you know, late in the drought, late in the draft, I go, Oh crap, I still need another relief. Yeah. Pitch. And then I'm like, well, crap, there ain't none left. That is so, a good point. Uh, yeah. I literally, after I picked class, a, I out of sight, out of mind, I didn't have to worry about another relief pitcher for the rest of the draft. Uh, and then I, I finished back to back picking relief pitches as you'll see eventually. So yeah, it's a good point. Maybe that kept me peace of mind, but I kept thinking to myself, would my team look better with Dylan season, Joe Musgrove, but without Emmanuel Classe, well, we won't know no. until the season goes on, but I uh, so. I, 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 on the turn, I did get Joe Musgrove. Uh, surprisingly, Sean with, with Alec Minot, which is another picture where Sean's like, Oh, I'm not sure about him. His, his stuff's not that good. It was just a, it was just obfuscation on his part. He was just trying to trick us. He was making us believe that he didn't like certain players, and then he wasn't picks them up on, uh, <laughs> in this draft. So there's a th- so there it is, guys. The difference between Sean and I is that Sean is using this podcast to do smoke and mirrors to put, to eventually pick the players that he wants. But when Felipe says he doesn't like someone, you could take that to the bank. I tell you what. So that's <laughs> the other thing I had going up against this draft is that I forgot that I needed a left fielder. And this whole time I was looking for a center fielder or right fielder, but it turns out Juan Soto was already my right fielder. So that was also a big fart on my, in my brain. So, so that, that's something to keep in mind on as the draft goes on. So let's go. And uh, that was the first round. We move on to the second round and we'll go with, uh, let's go with James. Is there a pick here in particular that you, uh, that was a head scratcher? in the second round here? Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Uh, I'm not really too high on Montas here maybe, but I mean, I think when you look at what went before him, I mm-hmm. think it's like a little bit more understandable. 
but I, I really don't remember what was on the board at this point. Uh, I mean, like, you know, Morton was on the board. I took him a little bit later. You know, he's coming off injury. It's really, he's kind of, kind of a little bit scary to draft there, but yeah. I don't know. I really don't, don't also don't know what Jacob's team looked like before this either, but I don't know. I think the picks were still pretty solid here. I'm not, uh, Verlander is a pretty big reach also, you know, he was, he was off the whole season last year, right? Yeah. Injury? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, he was super hot before that, but now, you know, he's a year older now, you know, can he continue that stretch that he had in Houston before he got hurt, mm-hmm. you know, after injury at this age. Uh, but once again, it's just starting, you know, so many starting pitchers were coming off the board. It's like, I think everybody was kind of panicking a little bit, just like what's left, you know? Yeah. I think that's what happened here. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, that's what makes me kind of question if I made the right choice or not. But like, like I mentioned to, to Austin, I didn't have to think about relief pitcher for the rest of the draft. And I just kept concentrating on other areas, but let's take a look really quick. Uh, let's see. The other you, reason why oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. The other reason why I think Justin Verlander was a big risk is because it's Aaron. Aaron also has Mike Clevenger. She kept Mike Clevenger. Yeah. So she now has two pitchers who were off practically all season last year mm-hmm. coming off of an injury and now are coming back. Right. And that's a huge risk for it to be what a third of her, of her uh, rotation rotation. Yeah. So, I mean, it may pay off because both those pitchers are really good, but it might, there's a good chance it might blow up in her face too. Let me ask you guys something really quick. All right. So of the there was two people that went back to back pitchers, starting pitchers here. So let's start with Sean going with Dylan Season, Alec Manoa. Uh and let me know if I miss anything. But I believe Aaron went Justin Verlander. And then the previous draft uh round, she went with Rob uh Jose Barrios, sorry. Uh, and then I went back to back also. Yeah. James went back to back with Charlie Morton. And then in the previous, dra- uh, fucking shit in the previous round, he went with Kevin Gossman. Uh, so, <laughs> let, so who had the best, the better, uh, back to back starting pitching duo here. This- I'd, I'd like to mention that I also kept Max Fried last season. So uh, I, I didn't ask that. <laughs> I didn't ask that. <laughs> who had the best back to back, uh, here. I think personally, as uh, looking at both of those, I think the safest choice was probably Sean's. Yeah, I think uh, so too. Dylan, Fucking Dylan God damn it, Sean. Um, <laughs> Gossman. Gossman was good for San Francisco, but Toronto's a different animal. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. He had a great season last year, but, you know, I'm not necessarily, I think he'll be good again this year, but I'm not necessarily sure it warrants a seventh round pick. Also, uh, the irony is not lost here that, yeah, we're, we're kind of poo-pooing Kevin Gossman. We're poo-pooing Jose Barrios, but we're admiring Sean for picking Alec Manoa in the second round. So well, <laughs> it's like we, like, we, have, we have Blue like Jay bias Jose, here. I like the Jose Barrios pick. I think uh-huh. the Jose Barrios pick is good. Why I didn't pick Aaron was because of her Justin Verlander pick. That's a mm. huge risk. Okay. I, that's why I said the safest pick, in my opinion, was Dylan Cease and Alec Manoa because okay. both are young. Both are coming up. Both are improving. I mean, yeah. I kept Dylan Cease in my keeper league. Okay. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think the safest pick was, um, was Sean's. Um, but I think, I think the biggest, I don't know, all, all three of these have great ceilings, but I think the safest pick was Sean's. And do you agree with that, James, or do you see? I agree. Okay. Let's move on then. Yeah. Third round. So Mario picks Adalberto Mondesi, which is always his thing. His thing is, if I can get Adalberto Mondesi, I pretty much won the draft. Or at least I want stolen bases. 
And no. yeah, he's not very good at anything else, but I at least want the stolen base category. And so he's going to go with that. And well, then he no, goes, because then he can't stay on a field. So no, you didn't, you didn't win. <laughs> but if he stays on the field, you know, but this that is a huge if. <laughs> but yeah, he, Mondesi's probably the only player in, in, in Major League Baseball who could probably steal 50 stolen bases while everybody's kind of scrambling around looking for stolen bases. And then he goes back to back with uh, Seiza Suzuki, which is pretty bold. Uh, getting the Japanese player. We don't know what to expect from him, but some projections have him maybe getting 20 home runs and 10 stolen bases at best with a pretty decent on-base percentage. So we'll see if that works out for him. Speaking of on-base percentage, Brandon Nimmo going in the second uh, pick overall in the third round. And then James comes in with Dalton Varsho. And I'll tell you what, James, that really messed up the rest of my draft because I was <laughs> I was hoping I can get Dalton Varsho. Good pick, James. That was a good pick. Yeah, my thing here. Price. Yeah, my thing here is that in our league, everybody is always scrambling for catcher. Because keep in mind, we're a two catcher league. Thank you. So, like, you need to have like at least like your one guy. And last year, I waited like one round too late, and I wound up with Garver and Narvaez, which honestly is not that bad. But Garver was down a lot of the year. Narvaez got hurt a lot of the year as well, and it's just, I don't know, I. I, I'm high on him this year. I saw Grandal was still on the board, but mm-hmm. I, I went with the upside a little bit more here. You know, since it is like the catcher category, I guess I could stand to lose a little bit more there as everybody's probably going to lose a little bit there besides whoever gets Real Muto and Grandal and Perez. But I don't know. It was a little a bit of a reach pick, but I feel like he's going to have a good season this year. So, Well, uh, it's it, I mean, normally it would be a reach of a pick, but, you know, like I said, it's a two-catcher league. And uh, I mean, if you believe that, Varsho is going to be better and, and he's not going to be catching uh, most of the time. It sounds like it looks like he's going to be center field, center field. Right. So, I mean, that, that maybe, maybe we underestimated him. I didn't put him in my top five, but there was, he was definitely someone I was like wanting to target later on in this draft. But like I said, you made that pick and that just basically changed the dynamic of how I would draft the rest of the way. And you'll, you'll see what I mean by that really uh, in just a few minutes here. But uh, aside from that, um, I would have to say the one that really made me scratch my head. Man, it's a tough one because there's a lot of good players, but if you're, you're only talking relatively speaking, I guess Jake Cronenworth, just because I don't know what the Padres are going to be doing this year. He's left-handed. They might go to a more of a platoon system all over their, uh, all over the uh, uh, the field with the, with, with the players that they have down there. So I, I just don't know what to expect from Jake Cronenworth this year. Um, yeah, I was afraid to draft Padres because every single time I was trying to look at, you know, you know, position players that maybe were like available for multiple positions. It's like, I feel like every single one of them plays on San Diego. It's like, <laughs> where does anybody even really have a place there right now? It's like, uh, yeah. I feel like everything's up in the air and I just wasn't really sure. I was afraid to draft San Diego because I didn't know if what I drafted them for, if they were even going to be playing there and or even get eligibility. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, that's a very good point because last year I was all about those Padres players and this year I don't think I drafted any Padres players, which is even including pitchers. I don't think I have drafted any pitchers in this in this league. Yeah. Uh, Austin, who was your favorite pick in the third round really quick? My favorite pick? Yeah. Um, yours of Jonathan India. Yeah, goddamn right. That was a steal. I, Hell yeah. I can't believe he fell down this low. I thought he would have been taken in the first couple of rounds. I think I think Jonathan India was a steal. Yeah, that's what I think so too. No bias here. Uh, and Sean goes back. Uh, you know, he saw that I got Classe, so he – you know, returns the favor by getting Rice Iglesias. And then, you know, in the going into the fourth round, he picks up Miles Straw, which as you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, 
he loves himself some Miles Straw. He uh, he's maybe a thirty stolen base candidate. Very underrated player. I wanted to get him maybe on uh, later on, but like I said, this was a weird draft because I I couldn't remember exactly what what position I needed, whether it was left field or right field or center field. And I completely forgot that I had Luis Robert, so I guess I didn't need him. But uh, if I didn't have a Luis Robert, I definitely would have gone after Miles Straw. And then this happens. Yasmani Grandal. Why did I pick Yasmani Grandal in the fourth round? Because freaking James picked Dalton Varsho. <laughs> I, I was like, I looked at Varsho and I'm like, I, I see, you know, Sean and Felipe are coming up after me after this pick here. I, I'm going st- to take someone I think they're going to draft here. And I guess that was right because you guys were both pissed really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and so in the fourth round, um, Austin, what would you say was the most questionable pick in the fourth round? Uh, questionable pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, get you thinking a little bit here. The most questionable, the most questionable pick is probably Cal Quantrill. Oh my god, I was about to say, man, he better pick Cal Quantrill because that one's a yeah, real head scratcher one, for me that as well. A head scratcher. I like, I like the Cleveland rotation, but I don't think he should have gone this. I think he, you, I think uh, Aaron could have waited a few a few more rounds to get Cal Quantrill. I don't think anybody was coveting Cal Quantrill. I know I wasn't <laughs> not, not, not the way she was coveting uh, Tyler Rogers going as well. was kind of weird to see because he went before Taylor Rogers. Taylor is supposed to get the closer position in Minnesota. This is a holds league, however. So maybe that's what he was yeah. thinking. Well, and even then the mock drafts that I've been doing, Taylor Rogers is not going very high. Taylor or Tyler. Taylor. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he Taylor really hasn't isn't. been going very high. So yeah, my thing I, is I've learned to to stop questioning uh, Jets picks because they always work somehow. So didn't work last year. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> didn't work yeah. last year. <laughs> Every year we 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 make fun of him, and then the one year he did well, and I mean Sean pointed this out too. So don't don't come after me. Sean pointed this out too in the previous uh, podcast or so. That yeah, it didn't work out last year. So uh, we'll we'll see if uh, maybe. This is, you know, the, uh, what is it? The, the even year, like the giants, like, well, odd years are bad, but even years are good. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. And see, and then I didn't know that I needed a left fielder. So I let JD Martinez go. Would I have drafted him? If I known I needed a left fielder, we'll never know. We'll never know. I just know that he went to Leon's team. Good pickup there. Uh, James pick Ryan Presley. What, uh, so now, so James going three pitchers, two starters and one relief pitcher. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at my roster before this, I, I kept, uh, five position players Ah, and, uh, three of them were outfielders. I had Yelich, I had Betts, and honestly, there was nobody really left for me to keep based on my team because I was not happy with it last year. And I picked, I kept Conforto hoping he'd go somewhere outside of the NL East and maybe do something like he had something good with his career, but I don't know. It's just a lot of the players that were left at this point, it was just a lot of like really strong outfielders. And I just didn't really have room for it. So I figured why not, you know, my pitching was really bad last year. Let me just, you know, secure pitching early and then I'll like pick what's left after. All right. Well, it- the other thing I'm noticing yeah, just as an outsider, I feel like since, ever, since 14 of the first 24 picks were pitchers, everybody panicked. And so it's, it's, it looks like a bunch of people panicked and that's why I'm like, that's a weird place to draft that guy. Why would you draft that guy there? And I wonder if it's because while well, the pitchers were coming off the board, I needed a pitcher, mm. you know, and they were just like, well, let's go. I have a feeling some people panicked. Uh, early. 
I'll yeah. be honest, I panicked because freaking James picked Dalton Varsho. So I went with catcher. <laughs> uh, okay, so Angel has a question. You know, he he thinks Montes and Verlander were probably the worst picks in the th- – what, what round was the second round, was it? Yeah, in the second round. But he wanted to see who was available in the third round. So let's make that uh, – let's do that quickly here. So Justin Verlander, Frankie Montes. So in the third round, who picked Frankie Montes again? Okay, so Jacob goes with Montes. Aaron goes with uh, Justin Verlander. Who was available in the third round in terms of starting pitcher? Let's see. Uh, you Darvish, Darvish, uh, maybe, well, and maybe. even then you had Molly, you had Tyler Molly, you the had fourth round, yeah, yeah, you had Lopez. Pablo Lopez, and then Aaron Pablo makes another questionable pick in Cal Contral. So, yeah, so yeah, I guess those guys were the were the picks to be made at that point, uh, in the in the second round, but uh, I mean, if we want to go in the fifth round, which we will, I mean, the other starting pick, Carlos Rodon. And Blake Snell, Fran Valdez going to my team. So, yeah, it's. I think there might be some um, some point there with what Austin is saying that people may be panicking and they're just trying to pick up whoever they can before the pitchers the pitching well runs dry. Uh, Mario goes Tim Anderson in the fourth round, Joey Gallo in the fifth round, who we just talked about. So uh, I don't know if it's Yankee bias or if he just strictly believes in Joey Gallo, but. It's a, it's a weird team so far that he has going here. Certainly likes his aggressive swingers. Yeah. Oh, well, Joey Gallo is not aggressive. He's just, he might be too patient, but uh, it's one of those oh, where he might yeah. be seeing a lot of pitches and that like the Kyle Schrober thing that like he sees so many pitches that eventually bad things are going to happen more than good things. And maybe some of these guys need to be a little bit more aggressive on the uh, plate. Uh, and then uh, James goes with Starling Marte. You know, he saw that, what, Tim Anderson went off the board, Mondesi went off the board, again, to Mario's team. So what, you decided that you were going to go pick up Marte to get you some stolen bases, or is this just a Mets, Mets bias pick? Uh, no, I, I actually specifically try not to draft Mets. And honestly, I'm really <laughs> mad at myself for picking this here because I forgot, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's only it's a little a little bit of a knee issue that's going on right now. But he's also on the Mets, so he'll be out till, you know, July. Um, but yeah, so I, I wasn't really happy about this pick. I think it was just like my brain saw that Barte had fallen like kind of far here, like with other people, like he's, if he's healthy, like this guy is like, you know, a, he's a really strong pick, especially in a categories league. Like he's, you know, he's always going to have like, you know, decent, like gap power. He's really great speed. And, you know, he always hits for like, for average, he gets on base and I don't know, he scores runs because he's a fucking fast guy. He gets on base, he scores, right? So it's like, I just felt like with what I had on my team already, like, and looking at what was left after this in terms of like, I don't know, I'm trying to explain a pick that I don't really like. So I don't know, I'm just kind of reaching right now, but. It, just I, say that he was a Mets player and you had to, you had to have him because he's a Mets player. Yeah. Just, it, it, I, it, I it, only drafted one more, two more Mets players after this. I try not to draft <laughs> Mets players, but I drafted a bunch of Mets players. <laughs> just picking on you. I'm picking on you. Uh, okay, so we talked about Kyle Schwarber. So what uh, that goes to Mike Harvey's team. So uh, that we're seeing. Um, I don't want to call him one dimensional, but Joey Gallo, Kyle Schwarber, they're basically the same player in my book. So uh, and then Jacob goes with Ryan Mountcastle, and I'm sorry, Jake, I like I like you, Jacob, but man, this has to be the worst pick of this round. Yeah, I I don't like that pick. Uh, Kyber Reese going to the Nationals fan, Leon. So Leon picked a lot of Nationals player, I feel like. So you're going to see that as a running theme there. Blake Snell, Frambois Valdez, a couple of left-handed pitchers, and then Jared Kalenic going to uh, Sean's team, which I think I was – I had him queued up. Maybe not for this round, but maybe for the next couple of rounds. And, again, I'm thinking I need a center fielder at this point, not a left fielder. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. 
but uh, yeah, uh, as you guys know, Sean uh, traded me Luis Robert for Jared Kalenic, and it blew up in his face. So now he's gonna kind of uh, try to uh, make up for lost time there. See if uh, the second year is better than the first year for Kalenic. And then, of course, because again, James picked Dalton Varsho, I went and picked up Wilson <laughs> Contreras, which it was either him or Tyler Stevenson. Look. And I'm just kicking myself. Should I have just gone with Tyler Stevenson? But I have Contreras ranked higher. I think he's going to play more with the Cubs, especially with the DH now intact. I think he uh, is going to get more at, plat- at bats, more plate appearances. He should be fresher. We've seen what this guy can do in the past. But, man, Tyler Stevenson just has a little bit more upside in terms of on base and batting average, what he doesn't have is a proven track record. So I went with what I thought was a quote-unquote safe pick here. But, yeah, this was done because Dalton Varsha was picked two rounds or three rounds before this one. So I'm curious, did you have Kybert Ruiz on your, on your, on your radar? I did, but uh, I, I, it was either Wilson Contreras or Tyler Stevenson, no matter what Leon would have done here, it would have been those two Tyler Stevenson or or Wilson Contreras. So I feel like Kybert Ruiz it's, I like, I like Ruiz. I'm kind of high on Ruiz, but I think it was too early to draft. To draft Ruiz, but yeah, I think oh, I set a little bit of a precedent here with me picking catcher so early. Like everybody was kind of seeing that there was nobody left, and I think it got a little people a little nervous. You know, well, this, this is the point of the draft where people were making fun of me. Oh, there it goes Felipe doing both the Cubs and the White Sox because he's a he's a he's a bisexual fan or whatever. But then <laughs> I mean, no, I have both got Grandal and Contreras, number four, and number five, respectively. And like I said, the only guy I was thinking about was Tyler Stevens, who was ranked number six. Cabo Ruiz is my eighth ranked catcher. And uh, Varsha was number seven. That's why I was hoping I can get him later on. But that's not what James wanted. So James <laughs> ruined my draft here. Uh, Jordan Romano, Nate Yovaldi, Ian Anderson, Logan Gilbert, which is a really good pick. Hey, hey I, I'm kicking myself. I, I ended up getting Fran Valdez, but I often wonder if I should have gone Logan Gilbert here instead. I probably would have gone Logan Gilbert if I didn't go catcher heavy here in the first few rounds. Well, we'll never know. But that, I like that pick by Mike Harvey. Dylan Carlson's a, a, Dylan Carlson's a decent pick for Andrew Cabrian Hayes. Oh my God, Aaron. <laughs> He's got I, some questionable picks this year. Oh my God. Listen, man, upside for Cabrian Hayes is good. Unfortunately, he plays with the pirates. I feel like between, I don't know, James, you tell me, am I overreacting with this or you think Cabrian Hayes is going to be a good player this year? I don't know. I mean, he was a little, off and on last year you know I think he was down for a little bit right he has some like injuries sprinkled into the season I, right. he had some like really hot parts of his year but yeah. I don't know if he like had like has really proven what he could do on an everyday basis yet to like be able to pick him this early like over like some of the people that were left at this point well you like, picked Yohan Mankata which is another questionable third base I know I this was super questionable for me too I I I I, I don't know why'd you pick honest. him why'd you pick him I don't remember what, what my thought process was at this point, to be honest. I, I I think it was like I was starting to panic because my infield was empty and I, all I had was pitchers and a catcher and an outfield. Uh-huh. And I had like no infielders. I was trying to see like what was left. And I think I just picked panicked. I think I also had like 30 minutes left to pick because I was in class or something like that. So I was just like <laughs> scrambling. <laughs> Definitely not. My, this this I think this was my my worst pick of the entire draft, though, in my opinion. Angel thought I had a great pick in Frambois Valdez. So thank you, Angel. Thank you. Uh, oh, and then Henry. Henry was giving me shit about it, too. Because, hey, man, why are you picking up? Why are you drafting catchers so early? All, all you have to do is just draft them. Or, or not draft them. Sorry. Uh, uh, 
uh, go after the minor league catching prospects. And as you guys know, in this podcast, I am so anti-catching prospect. I, I, I do like Adley Rushman. If I'm going to have a, a, a catching prospect locked up in my minor league slot, it would be Adley Rushman, which Henry has on his team locked up. What about but, Alvarez? I'm sorry, what? Or Francisco Alvarez? Yeah, but Alvarez is a little bit uh, far off. Isn't I think he, he's starting in double A this year, right? I forget. Yeah. Okay. I know we all saw that moonshot the other day. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he might be the real deal, but we've seen catching prospects look like real deals, and then they get to the big leagues, and yeah, yeah, they don't I – mean, uh, listen, look how long it took Travis Darno to be a serviceable, adequate starting catcher for the Braves. I mean, he it, was a serviceable, adequate starting catcher for the Mets before he got really hurt and went yeah, down that true. whole, like, landslide of, of – pro- like, he was our best hitter for, like, a really long time. Well, when, the, while when we your were best really hitter your best hitter is a catcher. That, that you're in trouble. Listen, man. <laughs> what about Piazza? What are you talking about? Oh, come on. He was juicing. Let's let's be honest here. <laughs> all right, let's move on. <laughs> Piazza was juicing. We're just gonna we're gonna we're just gonna pretend that all of that was real. All right. So with the Mets, uh, a two ninety three on base percentage in twenty seventeen for Darno, and I guess it might be injuries, but he played one hundred twelve games that year. Uh, when he played one hundred eight games in twenty fourteen, he was at three hundred two on base percentage compared to the Braves, where he posted on base percentages of 312-386. Okay, so maybe he's not as good as I thought he was. But he does in spurts produce. Yeah. But it's taken him what until the age of 30, 31, 32 years old for him to get regular playing time and look somewhat respectable, you know. Yeah. I agree. Uh, that's why I didn't look at him in all this draft. <laughs> yeah. Uh let's see. Uh Corey's asking what are your thoughts upon on Connor Joe? Um I think he's Last, I mean, because I, I was looking to draft him, but then I saw that he might be coming off the bench this year, even with the designated hitter. But I liked him last year. I, he kind of saved my my team uh, a little bit in, uh, in August, September last year. So hopefully he gets more playing time than not. But Hunter uh, Joe's in both of our second tiers for outfielders. Yeah, yeah, because it's just mid second tier for us. Yeah, I think and Andrew it, picked him here in this. Did he? Well, we're gonna find out. But yeah, I mean, if you if you believe in him, go ahead and draft him late. But uh, I wouldn't reach for him, so to speak. So let's put it, let's put it to the test. The Austin, Ryan Hayes or Yoan Moncada at third base. Who would you prefer in this situation? Oh, that one's hard. Um, because Brian Hayes is you thought he was gonna be good, but he hasn't been good. And he plays on the Pirates. Um, Yoan Moncada has slid a lot. Um, I believe he was my last pick in the, in my first draft this year. He was my very last pick because I just needed a backup third baseman. Um, I think, I think I would have gone Moncada slightly over, over Cabrian Hayes. Cause the next really third want baseman the Chapman here, uh, I, uh, yeah. I want the Chapman and I, I had him like down in my queue and I just missed it, which is why I hated this pick because I wanted Chapman here and I just like was scrambling to make my pick and I like forgot that Chapman was like on my queue and I wasn't paying attention. And then I was like, Oh my God, please make it to my next pick. And obviously Leon, Oh no, I got my next pick and I got Adamas. So I forgot twice, but yeah. So there you go. Let me add another one. Uh, Hayes, Moncada or Chapman, Austin, who would you have picked in that situation? Or Ryan McMahon, Ryan McMahon's also in there. So it's getting to that. uh, Oh boy. To that Um, point. I think I would have went. I think I would have went Chapman, McMahon, Mokata, Hayes. Ooh, yeah. Well, uh, and my cheat sheet, I yeah. have Moncada, Hayes, McMahon, and then Chapman 
ranked number 18th overall, but that was before the uh, the Blue Jays uh, acquired him. But I don't know. I'm oh, still okay. So actually, no, actually, no. I I looked at it after the Blue Jays uh, acquired him. I'm like, hmm. I'm still gonna rank him 18 because I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure about him anymore. Chapman, that is. So yeah, yeah that's the thing. So him. I have Ryan McMahon, then Moncada, then Hayes, then Chapman. So you know, now I'm looking at it. I guess yeah. I I actually like that. So yeah, probably McMahon. Probably would have been the pick yeah, for you here. Huh? Been the pick. Okay. And what were you gonna say, James, about the third base situation? Uh, no, I, I, that was the thing. I think that's. Uh, in the thought in my thought process in the moment was I looked at Chapman and I was just like, you know, it's kind of going down a little bit. He had a really down year last year. And I was, I think I was, I don't remember if I was paying attention to the fact that he was on Toronto. Now I was just like really scrambling at this point and getting, nervous. I think the fact that he's on Toronto is going to be really interesting to yeah. see if he, if he kind of improves or not, because I mean, anybody in Oakland is going to have a tough year. That's why I'm so high on, um, Olsen this year is because he's had really good seasons in Oakland and now he's in Atlanta. So, and uh, Angel is asking why is Chapman so low? You guys already explained it, but I mean, third base is pretty darn deep. Yeah. Uh, where if you don't like these four third basemen that I just named, you could keep waiting and maybe pick up Mike Mustakas if, you, if your heart desires, or if you believe that Eugenio Suarez is going to flourish in Seattle, go pick up Eugenio Suarez. Uh, so yeah, they, there's certainly options, uh, and then we you didn't even wait probably till the back end of the draft and get and get Jamer Candelario. And I was just okay. about to mention him. Yeah, Jaime Candelario was kind of forgotten in this draft. Uh, I had him ranked 12th overall, so that would have been a starting third baseman in any league, but not in this league for some reason. Uh, let's move on to the rest of the draft. So you mentioned Willie Adams, that uh, James is the that's the guy you got, and that's after you saw Zach Gallen and Yuli Gurriel going off the board. There's Tyler Stevenson going to Matt Whelan's team. It's a really nice pickup there for him in the seventh round. So, see, that's where I was looking to get Dalton Barnshaw, right here in the seventh round. And then maybe I would have made a play for Tyler Stevenson back-to-back. But that did not happen because James ruined my draft. That's going to be Can like a running. That's like, how many times he brings yeah. up that I've got Dalton, Dalton Barnshaw? As you guys know, I do like myself a good running gag. So, I'm going to bring it up as much as possible. Uh, <laughs> that's Mitchell- the title of this episode, James Ruined My Draft. <laughs> <laughs> I think right after I made the far show pick and Felipe started freaking out and I was like, I, I'm like the, the fantasy demon. I'm wanted for crimes in like 40 leagues, ruining people's drafts. <laughs> I, I ruin everybody's draft every year. Well, it, it, well, I guess everybody else is panicking here. Uh, well, not, not so much panicking, but you're seeing the last remnants of the, uh, of serviceable catchers going here. Yeah. Mitch Garver going to uh, Mike Harvey's team. Um, so uh, Reese Hoskins going to Henry's team, which kind of had me scratching my head, but. I mean, he can if he can hit 30 home runs, I guess it's justified. I picked up Chris Sale, so that gives me Framber Valdez and Chris Sale on my rotation. So two lefties, and now I'm kind of wondering if I if the play would have been if I would have been better off going maybe after Luis Severino or well, well, let's ask. That's that, that's the next point here. Chris Sale is a starting pitcher, uh, and the other starting pitchers that went never mind Sonny Gray because I, I he goes back to my team anyway. But you got Luis Garcia, Eduardo Rodriguez, and let's go into the ninth round really quick. John Means, tell me a pitcher you would have preferred aside from Chris Sale in my situation. Alex Cobb, Michael Kopech. Rodriguez. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez in the eighth round. Sean Manaya in the tenth round. Luis Severino in the tenth round. So I was thinking about getting Severino as well. And what's the last starting? And that's it. So I don't know. Did I, was that the right pick to make? Should I have waited for those other guys? What do you think, Austin? I probably would have went Rodriguez over Sale, mm. but. 
Um, you know, because Rodriguez is now in a – he had a good season last year in Boston. Now he's in a little bit more of a pitcher's park in Detroit. Um, I probably would have went Rodriguez over Sale, you know, Sale coming off of injury. I think I would have known what I was going to get a little more with Rodriguez than with Sale. But Sale, I think, is up there. I wouldn't have done John Means. Um, Severino is having a hard time staying on the field. I'm, I, I, this year, I'm really trying to stay away from anybody who's had a lot of injuries lately, mm. which is why, you know, I've been upset in years past that I didn't get Mike Trout. But <laughs> this year, I'm like, I don't know if I want to pick Mike Trout, you know. Um, I think I think the only pitcher I would have picked over sale is Rodriguez. So I think this is a pretty good pick. All right, let's move on to the eighth round. So Anthony Rizzo going to Sean. I don't know why. Maybe he believes in him in New York. Maybe he was doing this to piss me off, which I don't know why. I wasn't looking for another first baseman because, you know, I have Vladimir Guerrero, so I don't need another first baseman. Sonny Gray is my safe pick at pitcher after picking Chris Sale. I'll tell you what, man, I saw the strikeout numbers he posted last year, and you know me in strikeouts. <laughs> Not that I was trying to do that in this draft, but Chris Sale, if he could at least get me that amount of strikeouts like he did in those last uh, nine starts last year, I, that would be fantastic. Uh, and then back to – now, see, now you're seeing – we saw a panic at starting pitcher. We've seen a little bit of panic at catcher. But now in this round, I think this is the round I'm looking at it, and, and this is a round where everybody started panicking and going after relief pitchers. So Corey Knable, yeah. Mark Melanson, Craig Kimbrell, Taylor Rogers, Scott Barlow, Jake McGee. Uh, so yeah, lots of, uh, uh, relief pitchers going here. Uh, Angel has a common James pick in the eighth round with Eduardo Rodriguez is a great pick. Just not sure how Rodriguez will pan out with a huge contract. So even when he's trying to, um, what do you call it? Give you kudos for it. He still questions it. So (laughs) (laughs) that's not his story of Eduardo Rodriguez's life though. Right. I think it's a good pick for the eighth round. I think that's it. I think that was a very, very good pick. I think he'll be worth an eight-round pick. James, who was your favorite relief pitcher selected in the eighth round here? My favorite relief pitcher selected. Yeah, in the eighth um, round. You know, let me see. So I, got I mean, it might be a little bias here. I don't know. I, I think this is a tough pick, honestly. You got 10 I seconds. I feel like that uh, – I don't know. Eight. Seven. Pick one. I, I don't know. I guess maybe Rogers. I don't know. I, it's it's a tough choice for me. I feel like they're all like kind of like like Melanson is like sure he's like a saves demon every year, but he's like now he's on Arizona and it's like he's getting <laughs> even older now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like McGee is on San Francisco. You know he got so many like opportunities last year because San Francisco was just like just caught lightning in a bottle. But it's like can he is he going to get the same opportunities this year? Nope. Is he even going to be closing this year? Nope. I, I don't know. It's. Oh, I think it's, it's just hard to pick. Duvall, isn't it? Isn't it's it? it's Camilo Duvall, but I mean, Mickey. Well, will, that's will, who I picked next up here. <laughs> well, good job. But I, I, I like <laughs> we talked about this with Sean a, a week or two ago. I like McGee. Um, he doesn't. He thinks he's a fraud, but I think McGee is still serviceable. Though Sean did mention that once the sticky stuff things were being enforced, that McGee's uh, production kind of plummeted. So yeah, we'll see I if that's the case year. or not. Yeah, I saw that too. Oh boy. Yeah. Kind of with me and you Darvish, I kind of have a sour taste in my mouth with you Darvish right now. And, yeah. but uh, no, Mickey is uh, on his game. He could be one of the better relief pitchers and it's a holds league. So we'll see. And he will bolter some saves every once in a while from uh, Camilo Duvall, but we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously I'm biased towards Taylor Rogers. He's always been a favorite of mine. I just didn't like him enough this year to draft him, but he goes to Mike Harvey. So Mike Harvey gets a couple of uh, shout outs in the last round. 
the last couple of rounds here. Let's move on to the ninth round. We see Mario picking Brendan Rodgers as his last pick. Uh, that was a guy I was kind of targeting uh, Brendan Rodgers in the eighth round, I should say. So he picks Brendan Rodgers in the eighth round, and then he turns around and gets John Means in the ninth round, like we talked about. So I don't know, man. Not a big fan of John Means, but we'll see. There's Camilo Duvall, so that's pretty interesting that Jet is picking up all the uh, backup closers. So him picking up the backup closer was James's uh, benefit because he gets Camilo Doval uh, in the ninth round as his closer. Uh, Dulles Garcia going to Matt Whelan, Alex Cobb. Oh, Jesus Christ. Listen, man, I know I've been pretty <laughs> adamant. I've been pretty excited about these Giants starting pitchers, but I'm still questioning Alex Cobb here. So I don't know. Uh, Austin, Alex Cobb, Michael Kopech. Uh, who's the other pitchers? Luis Severino, Sean Manaya. And let's go into the 11th round and see if we can find more starting. Marcus Stroman, starting pitchers here. Marcus Stroman or Noah Syndergaard. Who would you – Would you? any of those guys would have been better than Alex Cobb in, in, uh, for Aaron here in the ninth round? Probably would have gotten uh, Stroman there instead. I was surprised that he slipped prob- two more rounds. Uh, probably wow. – is Alex Cobb a starter now? He's still a starter, right? Uh, last I checked, yeah, uh, for the Giants. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, I guess she drafted it for her – pitcher um i don't know i probably would have went either stroman kopek or manaya um depends on what she needs because if you're looking for well she already have verlander and uh jose barrios we know that much yeah so mm, i don't know Cobb and san francisco will be interesting. I think I'm bitter because I'm an Angels fan and he he <laughs> bit last year. Um he is a ground ball guy with that splitter. The the Angels announcers called it the thing and it was driving me nuts. Um it's was it's like a split change. I don't know. I think I would have gone Kopech over okay. over Cobb. But I mean I think she just needed ERA less strikeouts and a little more or not as many strikeouts with Burrios and and Verlander there and you know needed a little more ERA and Kopech will probably give you more strikeouts so all right um that's probably that that was probably her play there and that's assuming that Kopech is starting like on the White Sox because we don't know what's going on so yeah uh CJ Krohn love that pick well I wanted him but I when you when you have Vladimir Guerrero, you don't need him. But, yeah, love that pick. Uh, Akil Badu, again, I had him queued up next as my next pick, thinking I needed a center fielder, forgetting that I had Luis Robert. But he goes to uh, – who's that? Uh, uh, Jacob. He goes to Jacob's team over, over at the step back. And Leon pairs up Kyber Ruiz with Gary Sanchez. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. man. Good for uh, Leon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like Gary Sanchez, so I'm going to say that's a bad pick. But it's also the ninth round, and everybody, it looked like, panicked on catchers. So you don't have any more serviceable catchers. So I guess Gary Sanchez is going to give you home runs. Um, He's not going to give you much else. So I guess out of what was left, you know, you either had him or Narvaez, or I think that was about all that was left. So Alejandro Kirk went there right there too as well. Alejandro, two picks later. Alejandro, yeah. Alejandro Kirk. You know what? I might've went Kirk over Sanchez. I don't know because the catcher situation in Toronto is really weird. You've got like three or four catchers that could, that yeah. could catch for, 
Toronto. So that's guess- why I was hoping I could wait for Kirk a little bit longer as my third catcher. Cause I, I feel like I, you need a third catcher in this league. Cause it's a two catch league, but I know that Sean absolutely loves him. So I need that. And then right now Kirk is being uh, penciled in as a DH right now, just be, like for the reasons that you mentioned, they're awesome. Cause the blue Jays are, are loaded at catcher. Yeah. So, uh, but if he's at DH, <laughs> this might be the steal of the draft here. And then he goes, and then Sean picks uh, Omar Narvaez on the turn in the 10th round. So you went with uh, two catchers. Yeah, he went back to back catchers. Wow. Uh, and, and he mentioned that too. Yeah, you guys are, 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 are picking catchers a lot earlier than I thought. So, but he still got the guys that he wanted, unlike me, who kind of settled and went big. Or I went big and went or, or go home on my catching situation. Uh, Sean got to pick the catchers that he wanted. But, you know, at least his catchers were still around. My catch were all gone by the time. I, anyway, not that I'm bitter or anything. James. <laughs> Austin Meadows uh, going to Henry's team. And then my favorite pick of the draft uh, of this ninth round was Framil Reyes going to team Framil Muertes. So finally. <laughs> <laughs> my player that I named my team after along with the uh, wrestler from Lucha Underground, but the, the player that I named my team after is finally home with the, with the team he deserves to be on. So I look forward to having him on my team this upcoming year. So we talked about the back-to-back catches that Sean picked and here I am. I waited this long to pick a shortstop because I have Bobby Witt as my minor league slot guy. So I had that in back of mind. So I saw a lot of good shortstops go, uh, but then I realized, you know what, Glavar Torres, it's either now or never. Yeah, because we do have a couple of Yankee fans, and if I do believe in Glaber Torres bouncing back, and he's gonna get second base eligibility, now would be the time to get him. So I got him uh, over some guys maybe that I could have used uh, that might have been better suited for me here, like Luis Saverino, Sean Manaya. We talked about those starting pitchers already, but I couldn't help myself. And let's take a look at shortstop or even second base, Glaber Torres. So middle infielder is what I'm looking for. Was Glaber Torres the pick to be made here? So I would have definitely picked Torres over Brandon Crawford. Yeah. Uh, who else is available here? Yeah, middle infield, middle infield, middle infield. Gene Segura. Oh, yeah, definitely Torres over Segura. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, there was really nothing left at this point, middle infield wise. Yeah. It was very barren. I had like Madrigal on my list for like picking three rounds later, but he went to Mario here. Like in the 12th just, round. I, yeah. I, there really was not much left. Luckily, I kept Bogarts to start the year. So, and, like, I have a pretty serviceable shortstop ready. I don't have to really worry about that position. Eduardo Escobar going to 13th round. Ahmed Rosario going also in the 13th round. I'm sorry. I would have still preferred I would Glaber have done, Torres. I would have done Glaber Torres. I'm not yeah, touching Eduardo Escobar, not touching Gene Segura, not touching any of those guys. I, I think Glaber Torres was the pick there, especially since you have Bobby Witt, who's um, already projected to start for the Royals and is looking good this spring. So, yeah. I think, yeah. That's I had Glaber queued up for the next round where I went Escobar, but you took him here, so I couldn't get him next. But you ended up getting I, Joey Votto, though. Yeah, I I, th- I got Votto because I also had Crone queued. I was going to go Crone in round ten, and then I was going to go Glaber in round eleven. Oops! But you t- they both slipped right. right no, well, whatever. You got Dalton Varsho, so it doesn't matter. All right, let's uh, read some. <laughs> Votto's uh, a good OBP pick, though. Yeah, that's and what I need at this and point. He'll get you some homers. Yeah, I, I was looking a lot of my, I had a lot of K's on my team. Like my OBP was really low. I was like, I just need someone who's just going to get on base. And it's like, I was like very middling in like the home run category. So I was like, you know, I could go at Votto and get a little bit of both. So yeah, I just decided I, to like, go here. I like the Votto pick there. I don't, whatever. Angel has a comment here. Uh, Alex Cobb has been questionable since his, his days with the Rays. I, I, I liked Alex Cobb when he was coming up with the Rays, but then he 
came up and he didn't do much of anything. So I don't know. He'll always be a mystery to me. Uh, Elias D is probably the worst pick in this uh, 10th round as uh, Andrew probably looked around and said, ah, crap, all the catchers are gone. And nobody yeah. told me about it. So he picks. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Was there any catchers left over? Let's find out. Nah, there uh, was like nothing. There, well, there Travis Darno, Eric Haas, Sean Murphy in the 11th round, uh, Mike Zunino in the 12th round. I think all of those guys would have been better off than Elias Diaz, but maybe, 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 maybe Andrew knows something I don't know. So, um, Colorado. I was going <laughs> to say, know. probably think he didn't do anything last year, uh, Elias Diaz. Fuck that guy. So, <laughs> yeah, but Colorado's building a little bit this year. Maybe, I don't know. They, they got in some weird moves going on there. They got Grichik. And they still suck. We'll they talk still, about that they're later. still yeah. going to suck. The, the yeah. Rockies are going to be awful, man. I don't know. All right. So, here, uh, uh, let's, uh, let's give some uh, uh, respect a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Let's, 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 Take a step back and let's look at Elias Diaz last year. 18 home runs. Um, strikeouts were down from 2020, so that's good uh, in terms of strikeout rate. Walks were up. Hit 246, which is uh, the highest it's, he's done since 2018. Still a 310 on base percentage in an on-base league. But why do you get Elias Diaz? Because he can come in with Colorado and hit for a 464 slugging percentage. I still say he sucks. So I don't care yeah, what but the... com- compared to like Darno, who might play five games next year, and then like Sean Murphy and stuff like I don't think it's that That's bad true. if you look at what's left. I, I guess. I don't know. It's it's, it's bad compared to what other players went in that round. But like then again, like he almost it's good that he went catcher there because then all the rest of the catchers were going the next round. So he might not have even gotten him if he were needed. And so depending on Elias Diaz to save your catching position. I don't know, man. Big thumbs down. Uh, Dominic Nunez is the backup catcher for the Rockies, and uh, he's he's not any better. So we'll see. We'll see how this pans out for him. Uh, so you mentioned the guys that went after Elias Diaz, Will Smith, Hunter Renfro, Joey Votto, Devin Williams, Alex Kirilov. I definitely would have gone after Devin Williams, but he jet wanted him back on his Milwaukee Brewers team. So he's a big Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers fan, so he went after Devin Williams. All right, moving on to the 11th round. Oh, Mario doing Mario things again. Jesus Lazardo to, to kick off this 11th round. Uh, Jet goes with Brandon Crawford. And there you are, Mr. James, picking up Marcus Stroman of the Chicago Cubs. So you mentioned that you would have preferred him over some of these starting pitchers that went before him. So uh, you were, I'm pretty sure you were happy to get him on your team. Yeah, I had him cued, and honestly, I wasn't really expecting him to slide when I saw starting pitching going off the board in the round mm. before that. But I don't know. I I know it's like, you know, he's just a great ground ball guy. He had a good season yeah. last year. You know, he's kind of got lit fire under his ass now going to, to the Cubs with all the, the drama leaving the Mets this year. I feel like he's going to try to, like, you know, hand it to the Mets and, like, have a great season or something. So, I don't know. I I, I, I have hopes for him this year. I liked him last year. I, what what I, I needed, just like, you know, someone who was, like, consistent and wasn't going to give up a ton of home runs because I had some, like, you know – uh little bit of i wouldn't say power pitchers but I, my home run numbers weren't great going here and he's a guy who keeps the ball on the ground so i thought it was a good pick for me here all righty uh let's see uh lourdes Goriel going back to uh aaron aaron as you guys know big blue jays fan so she's getting her fair share of blue jays i mean they're ready to get a good season going so aaron wants to be a part of all that uh listen man when you when your team is going to be that good it, it's only going to be a matter uh, of how many guys you can get in because they're so good uh, from your favorite team. So I normally don't like that, but man, if, if I'm a Blue Jays fan, I'm definitely trying to draft as many Blue Jays players as I can. Yeah. I know I have one in Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the 2021 MVP of the AL. 
you know, in the perfect world and not some gimmick player. Not that I'm still bitter about that. Travis Darno, we mentioned Eric Hasse, we mentioned Eric Haas, sorry, Eric Haas, we mentioned before. Noah Syndergaard to Leon's team. Do you guys think about that? Austin, you're a big Angels fan. You're excited for Noah Syndergaard this year? Personally, no. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I I don't know if you guys remember the post I had a long time ago where um, it was like, here's what the free agent pitching market looked like if it was a schoolyard dodgeball game. And it's like, well, we'll grab him. We'll grab him. We'll grab him. And then it's the Angels' turn, and it's like, we'll get Broken Noah. And then Broke us like, um, what did he say? Oh, Carlos, say something bad about Jeter. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm a um, huge Noah fan. I, I just don't, I, 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 it hurts me to say this, but I don't really think he is going to have I think, much left. I, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. I mean, the, yeah, uh, I just that, see that angels. Being said, that being said, down here at round 11, I like the pick because, yeah. I mean, there is a ceiling for him to get a lot of strikeouts. He could go back and, you know, he's not, I'm sure he's not going to be the Noah Syndergaard of old or he's mowing everybody down. But there is an upside here, and he could be he could be a good pick for round 11. So I do like this pick down in round 11. Now, if it was a few rounds, if it was a few rounds earlier, I would have said it was terrible, but terrible. Um, but I think in round 11, I think it's a pretty good pick. And of course, I, I go and pick up Marcel. I'm sorry, James, you were saying something. I was just gonna say the only thing here for me is that if you look literally four picks later, Tanner Hook goes. And I, Angel. I think that that would have been a better. That I, I was just a see, good pick. Yeah, I just see Angels as like the place that pitchers go to die. In my opinion, oh my sorry, God. Austin, my but like I, I don't know. Like I, I don't think picking Noah here over like Tanner. You is guys are that. so rough. Right. It's it's California. <laughs> there is there's there's been studies conducted that something and being at sea level does wonders to pitchers. Uh, they play in, uh, against bigger some of the bigger ballparks out in the ALS, Oakland comes to mind uh angel stadium is supposed to be a, a pitching friendly so what about all these angels pitching like big pitchers that that the angels are always talking about and everything and then it's like i didn't say they were happens. they were excellent they have otani that's it you know it's yeah, even otani you know, he needs to be babysat because because of otani <laughs> and center guard they need to go to a six-man rotation but patrick sandoval flourished last year and you know obviously you need talent and the angels have been very poor all up and down that goddamn organization awful at talent evaluation but yeah. I mean, and player worked. development. I mean, you have Reed yeah. Detmers, right? You have Reed Detmers, who's who was blowing it up down in minor and in, in the minors, but then he gets up here, he gets blown up, right? <laughs> and it's like, I mean, it, it's not even like, oh, he's in the minors, it's okay. It's like, no, the dude got rocked. Like he he came up here and he just got rocked. So you know, they're not good at development either. Their minors have sucked for the past six, seven years. Yeah, it's been pretty – I mean, that's the real reason why um, – what the hell? Uh, what the hell is the guy's name? Um, Mike Trout has seen no success in terms of team accomplishment. I mean, he gets all the individual accolades, but yet you guys are seeing it. This is a team sport. Uh, let's see. What's his face? Dylan Bundy with the Angels – had a pretty darn good season in 2020, although it was a shortened season. And of course he got lit up in 2021, but he benefited from um, exclusively playing just the AL West and the NL West uh, schedule in 2020, that shortened season. So there is some, you know, positivity about pitching out of the, out of LA. If you could just get the right mix of talent and, uh, 
and the ballpark factors that go in playing out in California. So I think Noah Syndergaard will benefit from that. Patrick Sandoval has benefited from that. I remember Andrew Haney for a little bit also benefiting from that before the rest of the league caught on. Andrew Haney. Yeah. And then a little bit. uh, And then (laughs) who's the guy who died? Tyler Skaggs is pretty good. That's a nice way to put it, Felipe. Who's the guy who died? Yeah, the guy oh, who died. Yeah, I mean, that's the freaking angels. When, when they're not the, not not developing pitchers, the few pitchers that they do develop, they end up dying anyway. So let's just be real. Nick Edenhard, rest in peace. Tyler Skaggs, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. Stop giving your players uh, uh, what are they? What, what are they, opioids? Was it? It was Fent- opioids and fentanyl. Yeah. God damn. All right, let's go on eleventh round. Marcelo Zuna. Uh, th- this is where the point of the draft where I realized, ah, oh, crap, I need a left fielder, and luckily. Well, it wasn't the 11th round. Maybe it was earlier than the 11th round, but uh, I had Ozuna just chewed up, ready to go, and I kept skipping on him because I wanted to uh, plug up other holes. And I was so surprised that even Henry didn't pick Marcelo Ozuna. I know that Henry was always a big fan of Ozuna for a long time. So I'm like, all right, well, if nobody wants Ozuna, I will take Ozuna, all right? (laughs) So I'm pretty proud of myself with that. So now I got Ozuna. Does he play this year, though? Has he been playing? I think he's supposed to, yeah. And if he doesn't, whatever. Left fielders are a dime a dozen. Whatever. I don't care. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me, man. I'll be fine. So Ozuna, Luis Robert, and Juan Soto. Uh, James, you said that he is playing, right? I think so. I, I mean, I, I know they have Rosario now, and they have Rosario, Soler, and they do uh, have so, Duvall. Soler went to the Marlins. Soler Soler went to oh, he did? Marlins. Okay. Okay. Well, they have Duvall still. So they have Duvall, Acuna, Ozuna, Rosario. I don't know. I feel like it's a little packed out there. Maybe there's a move there in the future, but I don't know. I, I don't, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to play this year. I don't remember him thinking that he's not going to play. Yeah, I mean, I, I doubled and triple checked, and it looks like they, he he said his I'm sorry's. He went through those programs. I think he's good to go, man. All right, here's what the Braves looks like right now. Eddie Rosario is in a platoon situation with either Guillermo Heredia or maybe even Orlando Arcia. Uh, I think Orlando Arcia, formerly of the Twins, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or the, oh, is that the, anyway, I'm mixing up guys here. I think maybe he's, oh no, he's the guy with the Brewers. Never mind, Forget it. There but either way. DH now, so yeah. Alex Dickerson at DH. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. But he's in a platoon situation. So don't worry about it. Uh, Adam Duvall, for some reason is listed as center fielder. I thought I would never see the day that Adam Duvall would be listed as a center <laughs> fielder. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And then Marcelo Zuna. None of those guys are going to overtake Marcelo Zuna. I'm sorry. That's just not going to happen. So good job, Felipe. Thanks, Felipe. Uh, Angel saying that Tanner Hoak is the steal of the uh, of this round, or will be a steal, I should say, in the 12th round. So, so far, Sean getting a lot of high marks from the crowd out there. There's Heimer Candelario, as uh, we mentioned earlier. Also that, a good pick. Thank you. He's my corner infield a starting uh, player. If he doesn't get any home runs, he'll definitely get all the doubles he can handle. Uh, let's move on quickly. Tyreek Scooball, Gene Segura. Oh, God, Gene Segura. That's... No, not a fan. Nelson not, Cruz, not though. Good. Not good. Not I don't good. like it. <laughs> I wish Jacob were here to explain that to me because I don't know. Man. He's getting old. He doesn't even steal bases anymore. So I don't know. Let's tag him. Gene. Uh, uh. No, he's been tagged. They all, they all know. What the hell? They're either, they've been tagged. They know what the situation Listen, man, if you're in my, if you're in any of my fantasy leagues, this is the result. You're, people are seeing your bad picks right there on the air and you're gonna have to explain yourself but no they're all ducking me right now so no, the jets in the chat right now oh jets yeah he yeah yeah i'm not sure what he needed from that pick there that he wants Segura, but like i if i just looking in that round if he needed middle infield i might have gone madrigal before i went Segura. yeah i think I at least you're getting too. the average stuff yeah. from him like you're getting the like 
you know, the average, you know, base percentage from Montreal, but I don't really yeah. know. I mean, I, I don't, Sigourney hasn't really been much. He had like a couple of hot stretches, but I don't know. Maybe he's a Mets fan and he gets killed. You know, we're used to getting killed by Phillies <laughs> players. So maybe he's expecting that he's going to get a, a nice, some hits off the Mets this year. Listen, man, there's other teams besides the NL, <laughs> NL East teams out there. All right. I'm just yeah. saying there's, there's six other, uh, five other divisions to go with. Yeah. Uh, Jose Arquiti, finally a pick that I can agree with Aaron on. Yay. I like that. I, I, listen, I tell people this all the time. You cannot go wrong with any Houston Astros starting pitcher. Yeah. And I guess in that sake, including Justin Verlander. So uh, Matt Barnes going to Andrew, a pick before Jose Orquiti. So that's not too bad. Gregory, Gregory Soto, not a fan, but Matthew probably needed some saves. Soto looks like he's going to be starting uh, as a closer. So uh, James. Yeah, that, was going probably, with, that was probably a, oh, crap, I need a relief pitcher and there's nobody left. So Gregory Soto is going to get me saved. Let's find out. So let's see here. In the 13th round, uh, no closers. In the 14th round, Paul Seawall goes to my team, uh, but he might be a hybrid uh, uh, relief pitcher, but that's okay. It's a holds league, so I want him more for the holds than I do for the saves. Went Joe long. Barlow. I mean, Chafin. Chafin's right there. Uh, where is he? Going to Detroit. He, he went to Jet in round 13, second pick. Oh, oops. I missed it. That's how little I think about Andrew Chafin. Chafin's so, coming off a year with like, what, 20-something holds? Like 25 holds or something like that? Crazy number last yeah, year? Yeah, uh, like, Jet's been going after the backup closers and all the guys who are supposed to get the holds. I, I, so I see what his strategy is. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Let's see if it works. But, we, you know, we still got to account for saves. So you, you can't just yeah. ignore the whole category there. This What yeah. is a stolen basis? I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> who, who is he, Felipe? All right, so Paul Seawall goes in the 14th round. Uh, Lou Trevino goes in the 14th round. Uh, I like Trevino, but he hasn't struck out enough guys for my liking. Uh, nice pickup here, Luke Jackson going yeah. to James's team in the 14th round. So I think any of those guys would have been better than Gregory Soto. So sorry, Matthew. Uh, Jordan Montgomery going in the 12th round. Now we go back to the 12th round going to James's team. That's a nice pickup there. Adrian Hauser. Sean loves Adrian Hauser. I am very skeptical of him, but Adrian Hauser. I think Hauser is the one that gets pushed out for Ashby. Mm, I don't know, man. I think Hauser does enough to eat up innings there, and they're going to need a lot of innings to be eaten up in that uh, rotation. They might go six-man rotation again. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, and then we mentioned Nick Madrigal, so Hauser goes to the Brewers fan. Let's go on to the 13th round, Joe Adele. Hey, he's looked good this He's looked good this spring. He's uh, had a yeah. good handful of homers. We'll see. We- so don't get too, don't get your hopes up too high. But it's listen, listen, his life. <laughs> listen, man, Mario is known for these types of risks, man. He'll. This is like sleeper city over here. He picked up Nick Madrigal, Joe Adele, back to back former highly touted prospects. Who, I mean, these are what? What are these post high sleep post high prospect sleepers for him? So good for him. Uh, it, you, uh, we mentioned Eduardo Escobar before. He goes back to James's team. Andrew I don't ben- like that pick. I, oh. I don't like it either. I really wanted Madrigal here because I wanted the average for my team. Like I, I was kind of like a middling average here, but I had no second base and I didn't really like any of the guys that were left for my team. Like is I didn't the, think anybody really made sense for me. Does Mark Hanna qualify second base? Let me see. No, he's first he's base. gonna be all left field this year. Oh, cool. Good for Henry there. 14th round pickup. So yeah, let's look, take a look. Were there any other middle infielders that James could have gone with here? Not in the 14th round. Not middle. I needed second base specifically. Oh, not second base field. specifically. Yeah. Okay, let's look for That's second why base I got Escobar. The next second baseman is Josh Rojas, who goes to who goes in the 16th round. Okay, Luis Arias, but he's injured at the moment, but he would have been a nice stash pick for you there. I, I could have um, gotten Scope uh, as well. Like Scope was on the board there, but... Colton Wong. 
Oh, Colton Wong, yeah. Colton Wong. Ah, see, there's your Mets bias creeping up on you, James. I don't know. Man. Look, at, look at the lineup <laughs> for the Mets this year. Look at, look at the guys that are around him. You know what I mean? It's like he's yeah. coming from a team like Arizona, right? He's, go, he's going to a team that he's going to be surrounded by guys like Canna, Alonzo. Like, you know, uh, it, it, I, 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 yeah, I, I can't explain it. I'm just saying, like, he has a great lineup around him now. He came from being, like, one of the only, like, real threats on a lineup to go into a team that has, like, a, like he's going to be surrounded by people that can mash the fucking ball. He's going to see some better pitches. Yeah, man, listen, listen. Uh, just when in doubt, just say, I'm a best fan. I couldn't help myself. Just the best. I don't, That's know. Right. <laughs> I don't, just... I don't like I don't like Colton Wong. I don't like Wong. I don't know. But you don't like Odaro Escobar either. You kind of just, like, said, well, I had to pick a second baseman, so I picked the Mets player because he's on the Mets. <laughs> Come on! Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm messing oh. with him. Okay, you bisexual know, Chicago fan. Ooh, got me back with that. <laughs> Listen, James, you could have done us all a big favor, and you could have gone after Nikki Lopez to piss off Sean. That, that's what you could have done right there in that situation. All right, let's go back a little bit. Enough joking around. Eduardo Escobar, Andrew Benintendi, Ahmed Rosario, uh, going to Aaron's team, uh, Carson Kelly, Adam Wainwright, Christian Javier. Oh, finally, I, a pick that I'm actually proud of with Jacob. Like I said, you cannot go wrong with any Astros starting pitcher this year. Uh, Leon going with Patrick Sandoval. And then look what Henry did here. What Anthony Vol- Anthony Volpe of the Yankees. Uh, these Yankee fans, man, they think they have Derek Jeter. The second coming of Derek Jeter on their hands. It's coming. <laughs> no? You guys don't think he's going to be the next Derek Jeter? I, I don't know enough about him to have an opinion. I know that he's a very highly tied prospect, but he might not. I wasn't targeting him because that doesn't look like he's going to be called up anytime soon. I might be wrong. In that assessment, uh, well, um, actually, Austin, you were the one in charge of all that. So why didn't you put out, uh, Anthony Volpe uh, in our cheat sheet that we're working on this year? Uh, he, I don't believe he qualified. Oh, what we had, I believe his yeah. ETA was 2024. You are correct. 2024, still uh, high upside, but still a lot of work to do. But the future value is going to be 60. But yeah, by the time Anthony Volpe gets called up uh, in this league, we're going to go back to zero keepers so yeah oh i was gonna say because my guess is my guess is he's just gonna stash him and wait but if he's going if you guys are going back to zero keepers before 2024 up what i don't know i don't understand that pick i don't yeah this pick only works out if he gets called up in 2023 a lot earlier than anybody expected yeah basically torres and any other any other option uh lemayhu gets hurt or there's got to be enough injuries for the yankees to go you know what fuck it put volpe up there yeah yeah Um, yeah Uh, all right let's new york shortstop prospects in the same round oh who's the other one i forgot rosario (laughs) oh geez yeah yeah all right uh and then sean and also have oswald peraza who, oh, I, yeah. who I believe is also a shortstop prospect. Yeah, but you know how shortstop prospects are. I mean, they can just interchange them here, there, and everywhere. That's the beauty about getting shortstop pros, uh, prospects. Um, I mean, Austin Martin was a shortstop prospect, and now he's going to be a center fielder. So <laughs> make, make it and make you're sense. Looking at O'Neill Cruz, who's probably going to move to, I think, third base, maybe. Talked about it. He's going to pro- maybe move to third base. Yeah, he's really big. All right. Uh, and then we finish out the 13th round with Joe Ryan, Casey Mize. The turn goes to Bobby Dahlbeck, which I was not expecting Sean to get. Uh, but yeah, when I got Joe Ryan in the 13th round, I did my Jerry Cross squeezing his two pennies in his fist. Like, yeah. So I was really happy about that. I did not expect uh, Sean to get Bobby Dahlbeck. That was a surprise. Uh, that was a player that we did not talk about a lot. So uh, Paul Seawald, I uh, was happy with that pick. Marcana, Steven Strasburg going to Leon, who's a big Nationals fan. Uh, James, you saw a little bit of, you see more of him probably because uh, he faces the Mets a lot. Is there, Sean says there's nothing left on the tank. Do you think 
there's nothing left on the tank, or maybe he has one more good year in him. I mean, my thing with Strasburg is I actually don't see a lot of him because he's never on the fucking field. Ah. <laughs> so it's like that. I mean, that's why he's this late in the draft is because like he has like the ace potential or at least had anyways, but it's like, is he actually even going to be able to play? Like, is he going to start tw- like 20 games this year? Is he even going to like make it, you know, is he going to make it worth even picking him on your team or is he just going to be on your IL the whole year? I don't know. It's just, it's, I don't really, I, I don't know what he had like starting uh, pitching wise to this point, but I mean, it, if Strasburg stays healthy and does good this year, it's a good pick. You know, he's always, you know, had good seasons when he's healthy, but it's just, mm-hmm. is he going to be healthy? That's the problem. You know There's what I would tell that he will hit that it's, he probably will not make his season debut until at least May. Ooh, what's wrong with him? Shoulder? Form. Yeah, thoracic outlet surgery or oh, something. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. We already saw what that could do to somebody. So I don't yeah. know. It's wait. We'll who see. who's that? Who who are you implying there? Who are you alluding to there? Matt Harvey. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Uh, well, you know what? If Leon were here, I'd probably say, you know what, Leon, just just cut the crap and just say that you're a Nationals fan. You couldn't help yourself. All right. This is... <laughs> all right, uh, Garrett. Uh, so we talked about this. A few more uh, relief pitches going here with Garrett Whitlock. With another back-to-back good picks for Jacob. So there yeah. might just be some hope for Jacob just yet. Good for him. Uh, Joe Barlow and Trey Mancini, which uh, I don't know, man. That's back-to-back questionable picks from Andrew here. Who's the other guy that I didn't like? Uh, oh, Carson Kelly. Oh, that's not too bad. When the 13th round, but then he goes and picks up Trey Mancini in the 14th round. It's a safe, solid pick, I guess, but doesn't really do anything for me. Lou Trevino, Matt Wheeling going with that. Uh, another <laughs> Austin, you mentioned it. The Blue Jays have like 20 catchers on their roster at this point. And Gabriel Moreno might be. I'm surprised Gabriel Moreno wasn't picked up by Henry as much as he likes to brag about how the catching <laughs> prospects he got. Uh, and then Yadier Molina going to the Brewers fan. That's weird. And then we're going to get used to that. Uh, Jets saying that Felipe found himself a child beater. I don't understand that comment. Maybe he can explain that a little bit more. Uh, talking about Ozuna. Was, I think it was right around the time we were talking about Ozuna. Oh, uh, okay. I thought he was talking about Adrian Peterson for a little bit, but that's a, that's a different podcast. Uh, Michael Brantley going to Mario, and then he turns around and gets John Gray. Uh, that's not bad. I was looking to get John Gray, but I just couldn't pull the trigger on the guy. Chris Flexen, it's not a bad pick as well. James McCann, uh, James... What, there, was, there wasn't that much catching left. It was my oh. second catcher. I already had Varsho already. There yeah. was I I I hate McCann as a Met fan. I, Why just, you... There was nothing left. I I hate him. I actually hate McCann. That's I like want the... him. Hold on. Oh no. Hold I've, on. That's I like the... the. I I made the joke the other day talking about the the vaccine stuff with New York was still wasn't like to figured out yet. I was like. I hope this man, this religious guy, does did not get vaccinated so that Nito can start every day at this home. Guy. I do not like this guy. But there was right. nothing left of the catcher position. I'm Come honestly on, planning on dropping him and not running two catchers. That's a like, waste. I, of, that's a waste of pick, man. Come on. Well, okay, I, hold on. What was what was left? Oh, look right, look at on. any of the catchers. Follow me and look at any of the catchers after this and tell me if I, I do. Anything listen, that was I worth. I do follow you on your Twitch channel. Okay, stop that. No. <laughs> this is the okay. Listen to yourself. This is the fourth time in this podcast that you've mentioned. I don't like this player, but I picked him up anyway. Listen, and I'll be nice to you if okay, Mario. This one if, makes sense. This there's no catchers left. There is nothing left. Yeah, we'll Go scroll that. down. Look at that for Eduardo Escobar too. And then Nick, <laughs> oh, oh I guess I would have gone Nick Magical, but I don't know. Listen, Magical man. went before me. I wanted Magical. I didn't want Escobar. Didn't Escobar goes before. here. Oh, but and then um, Magical okay. went right before that. Well, you could have picked Magical right there instead of Jordan Montgomery. 
I, I had no bench players in the. Oh in my the, god! All right, so listen, I'm, I'm being nice to you. All right, I'm just being. If Mario <laughs> Mergola were here, he would be lambasting you for you don't get paid. You don't pick players that you don't like. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? So yeah. Um, so that would have been Mario right there. So no, he he's not a fan of that either. So anyway, we'll see if I it works I out. Waited. No, I Make- should have waited super long for this pick. It, it, it's not a bad pick, but like what's left with the catchers, but it was so early. Right, I, I don't know why I did it. All right. All right. I'll, I'll give you a break. I mean, catchers are running out. You probably did shore up the rest of your lineup, but uh, time will tell. But yeah, you know, it's like I hear I. I don't like this guy, but I picked him up anyway. And it just so happens that he's on the Mets. So to me, that's just like nails to a chalkboard. You understand what I'm saying? Nails yeah, to a you, chalkboard. I know, anyway, I know. I'll, okay, I'll leave you alone now. <laughs> Aaron Savali, uh, interesting pick for Matthew Whelan there. Um, I like Savali. I guess in this round, he goes perfectly well. I just yeah, don't like the low strikeout. I, I just like the low strikeout uh, potential. I'm just not a fan of that. But he could do a lot worse. I mean, he could have picked up German Marquez which is also not a bad pick, but he plays with the Rockies. So, yeah, I don't know. Cleveland pitching. They always figure something out somehow. Yeah. It's it's, it's one of the five uh, pitching hubs in this country. Everybody else is just scrambling, looking for anything at this point. Uh, Charlie Blackman going in between them. So back-to-back Rockies players going in the 15th round. Luis Arias, a good pickup. Mike Harvey can stash him away. That should be good. Uh, I don't want to, Okay, a couple of back-to-back brewers in Colton Wong and Aaron Ashby. So there's Sean again, ace up his sleeve, the realest guy in the room. He always has a, a, a you know what? It's at this point where he's playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers, I think. Yeah. Uh, a nice little pickup there by uh, Henry with Hinjin Ryu. Um, not sure about the strikeouts, but he'll if he's healthy, he'll eat up some innings. And innings pitched, as you guys know, and if you don't know, you're finding out right now, innings pitch is a new category that we're going with this season. So as a, as a, as a statistical category that we're following. And there's Nicky Lopez, Alex Wood. I picked up Alex Wood because I like him so much in San Francisco. Andrew Vaughn, that's another nice pickup there by Henry. Josh Rojas. Uh, who likes Josh Rojas here? I forgot. I know Sean likes him. Was that uh, you? No. no I, I thought somebody complimented Josh No, Rojas. we just mentioned him when we were talking about my Escobar pick. Gotcha, gotcha. Andres Jimenez, so, uh, going, <laughs> Andres Jimenez going to the uh, Mets fan here in Jacob. <laughs> so, listen, man, uh, it's not a bad pick, but I just don't know what, what the situation with Cleveland is going to be because I see that he might be starting, that he might be coming off the bench. You can't deny the stolen base ability, but I would have preferred Abisal Garcia going to Mike Harvey's team. Now, that's a pick up there. I was... If I didn't have a right fielder in Juan Soto, I definitely would have gone after Abisal Garcia. Um, David Betnar, that's a nice pickup there for Matthew Whelan. Uh, nice pickup here, Anthony Descalfani. Listen, I like all the Giants, except for Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb's a little bit of a question mark, but I definitely would have picked up Alex Wood or Descalfani before I picked up Alex Cobb. So good job there for you by James. Um, let's move on. Uh, Jonathan Villar. James, are you one of the are you those Mets fans who don't like Jonathan Villar, or is it just a Sean thing? Uh, I like what he did for us, like as a player and like a leader, but I don't think he's really anything special in like the well, like you know individual statistics category. Gotcha. Like he, he's a good team guy, but I don't I don't know if I would draft him in a in a league. Honestly, I don't even think he doesn't. I don't even think he steals bases enough anymore to be warranted as a as a draft pick. I wouldn't I wouldn't pick up VR. He used to pick up VR to pick up some stolen bases, but he's right. he doesn't even steal enough bases to warrant a pick anymore. Yeah. I forgot what year it was. It might have been 2019. I, I had him on my on my points league. That points league that we're about to get ready to draft Austin. I had him in 2019, and 
the whole year with, with when he was with the Orioles, I was just looking to drop him and get someone better. And he played all 162 games, 24 home runs, 40 stolen bases. Very, very good player that year in 2019. And I never dropped him. There was no reason to drop him. He was good. And then the last two seasons has just been. But what Jonathan VR could get you if he plays enough, he gets you 15, 20 stolen bases still. I mean, he got 14 last year with the Mets. He got 16 in 2020 in a shortened season. How many so, caught stealings? Uh, how many caught steals? Oh, you want to go that route? All right, let's see here. Yeah. Caught stealing, uh, just five in 2027 and okay. 2021. That's yeah, nine in 2019. But he did steal 40 bases that year. Oh, I see what you're saying. 2016 he, with the he Brewers. Gets, he's very aggressive. He would get caught yeah. a lot, and that's the thing that, that I, I know Sean definitely talks about. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mari Magola knows that BR is going to be starting with the Cubs for how long? I have no idea. I just, I just don't think the Cubs are gonna. Keep Maybe he sees players. fly ball hitter and he sees the you know the the current the wind currents going out going ah. out out there. Maybe he's he's taking some home runs there, but I, I don't really know. To be James honest. with the scouting report there. All right, well explain <laughs> to me why Mario Mergola goes after Alex Colomy here <laughs> in the in the seventeenth yeah. round. As, in Colorado, yeah, I wouldn't really touch him to be honest. I mean, uh, you had Ryan to, much. Ryan Tapera as another. I, I would have preferred him. Uh, Rowan Wick, I would have preferred Anthony Bender. I would have preferred. Um, in terms of relief pitchers, what about the 18th round? Any relief pitcher that's worth mentioning? Not really. So, but I already mentioned four guys I would have preferred to Alex Colomay. Alex Colomay and the Rockies, clearly the worst bullpen situation in all of baseball. Um, let's move on really quickly here. Uh, Josiah Gray, another Nationals player going to the to Leon Smoking Aces. So, like I said, that's going to be a running theme throughout this podcast. And then the don't other even th- say anything about round 18, just skip me. I don't want to hear it. I needed people with multiple positions. It's a bench role. Okay, shut That's up. That's not actually. Uh, all right, well, we'll get to it. But uh, I, I actually, wanna... I actually like the Jeff McNeil pick over some of the other ones you've had. So. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a second baseman, so I picked up Eduardo Escobar, who I don't like. But Jeff McNeil also qualifies as second base, so I, I, I picked him up anyway in the later rounds. So I don't know. Uh, well, the other thing you would see here is that I end up getting three fifths of the of the Twins rotation, it, uh, the projected Twins rotation. Bailey Ober going to my team. Kiki Hernandez finishing off the 17th round, going to Sean. And then the big bomb that he buried us with, Trevor Bauer going in the 18th round to Sean's team. Uh, James, what do you think about Trevor Bauer going to uh, uh, Mad Dog Magical's team here, Sean? I mean, I think if Bauer actually plays this year, I think it's a good pick because it's very late. And that guy could easily be like one of your top three if he's like on his game. I like, you know, everybody talks about the substance stuff last year, but even after the substance stuff, he had a couple bad starts, but he still played really well. It's just, you know, is he going to play? Like, what's going on with this whole situation? But, it, you know, this late, I guess it's, like, worth a risk, you know, round yeah. 18. Like, if he plays, you you got a top top three guy on your team. Yeah. If he doesn't play, you know, you just drop him and get something else. Does this solidify – if he does play a full season, does this solidify uh, Sean getting back-to-back championships in this league? I don't know about solidify the – Back to back championships, but I mean, he's definitely. Uh, he's definitely I, I think it's a good pick. It's, right. it's like equal risk reward, in my opinion. All right, uh, I picked up Nate Low. Uh, Great uh, pick. I liked that pick. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to be playing him because I do have Jaime Candelario, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and then Fabio Reyes. But it's a nice uh, bench piece, and I've always liked the guy. So he's a nice uh, bench piece. He could produce. You could also trade him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go, James. If you're looking for a real player, hit me up. <laughs> hey, I got belt the round before. I have like four first basemen here. I'm looking to oh, trade. 
Oh, I have geez. Schwindel, Belt, like why? Votto, why did Foley. you pick up four first basemen? You, you theoretically speaking, know. you can only start with two of them or three. Oh, okay, three, three. You, you, okay, not bad, not bad. Sorry, I forgot we got corner <laughs> infielder, so not bad, not bad. Yeah, uh, Jameson Tayo, not a fan of that pick. Not a fan of the Ramon Liriano pick. Uh, I like the Harrison Bader pick. I like the Austin Hayes pick. I like the Jesus Sanchez pick. This is seeing those three guys, Bader, Hayes, and Sanchez, really made me think about my whole outlook on outfield, but. But then again, I'd rather have Ozuna, Robert, and Soto on my team anyway, so whatever. Uh, Kavan Vigio going to Whelan's team. Kikuchi. So Aaron gobbled up another Blue Jays starting pitcher there. And then, of course, James, we mentioned Jeff McNeil. Might have been better than Eduardo Escobar, but we'll see. Time will tell. Tony Kemp going to Jets team. <laughs> Why is Tony Kemp being drafted? I want to know. <laughs> uh, Robinson Cano going to uh, Mario's team. Uh, to finish off the 18th round. Tony, oh, okay, Tony Kemp leading off, but he's 30 years old, so ah, not a fan. Thumbs down. I don't, I don't like do, that pick. Come on, Jet, do better. Uh, Denelson Lamette going back to uh, going in the first pick in the 19th round, not bad. Ian Happ, that one hurt a lot because I going. I didn't realize that a Brewers fan would pick up a Cubs player in Ian Happ. Ian Happ, I believe, qualifies in all three outfield positions, so I, I could have used a guy like him. There's Frank Schwindel, as James mentioned. Miguel Sano, Mike Mustakas, J.D. Davis, Stephen Matz, Luis Arias, Jorge Alfaro. There you go. James, you could have picked up Jorge Alfaro as your second catcher. Why didn't you pick up Jorge Alfaro as your second <laughs> uh, maybe, catcher? I know, maybe it's because they have like five catchers on that team and like we don't know who the hell's even going to be playing. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's a good point. Really good point. Uh, Alex Reyes, Drew Rasmussen, and Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham. Oh, yeah, he signed with the Reds. So I know Sean loves him a lot and he pounced on him uh before we move on to the 20th round um austin any give me one takeaway from the 19th round that you notice here uh i have a feeling that this this round was very much of uh because everybody scrambled earlier in the earlier in the draft everybody kind of looked and was like i don't know what the hell to do here and just started picking things that would fill in their positions um because i mean i liked I like the Schwindel pick this late. Um, I like the Arias pick this late as well. Um, uh, Rasmussen might be might be pretty good in the back end of the bull, uh, back end of the bullpen there. Um, oh man, he's a starting pitcher, bro. He's starting pitching. He? Yeah. What? Okay. For the, for the um, Braves, yeah. Is he Braves? It says he's Rays. No, I said Rays. Rays. Oh, Tampa did you Bay say Rays? Rays? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I. Um, it this is a mixed bag of picks it's yeah. either i don't like that at all or all oh, that was pretty good so i feel like this was very much uh what do i need and they just and people just picked them up yeah because we noticed in the other rounds they're like oh okay well catchers are going heavy or relief pitchers yeah. or starting pitchers are going heavy yeah th you're right this is a, a nice mixed bag uh of just filling out your bench pieces uh james i gotta ask you this man so my goal was to get at least nine or ten starting pitchers again because we are a, a, a semi-weekly league so we get two games in one week and we're going with innings pitch and we're increasing the minimum innings pitch uh, that you need to reach. So my best estimation in all my mock drafts was I needed to get nine or 10 starting pitchers. How many starting pitchers were you targeting targeting uh, in this draft? I don't think I remember a specific number. I think I wound up with nine Okay. in the end. I, I, I try to like, I, I'm always someone who likes to hold a lot more starting pitchers than I hold bench pieces. Cause I feel like I like position player bench pieces. Cause I feel like it's easier to just like pick up hot streaks on like hitters. Like if, if you really need it, like, you know, injuries or someone's just not having a great year and want to let go, but pitchers is always like a really tough area. 
to like rip to pick up like on the waiver wire just some free agency during the year so i always like to carry more pitchers and it's just even more so important now that we have innings you know being tracked so okay i i, I definitely aim for the more than nine to ten side as well i think i wound up at nine all righty 20th round tyler mcgill going to uh sean's team uh, so he got his mets pick in there i got uh, the other low brother josh low from the tampa bay rays man if you ha- if all he has to do is beat out what manuel margot or kevin kiermeyer let- let's make it happen guys come on tampa let's make it happen make my team great again uh aaron hicks that's a pretty solid pick from uh yankees fan uh henry there so a homer pick but not really i mean it, it, it definitely solidifies his outfield and Hicks, if he stays healthy and produces like he has in the past, that could be a real steal there. Uh, I'm about to pick Yastrzemski over Hicks there, though. Uh, see, the problem, I, w- I was looking at Yastrzemski for real. I know Harvey was because he let us know like three rounds before he made a pick here in the 20th round. But Giants are looking like they're going to be like the Tampa Bay Rays and just platoon everybody. So I'm, I'm a, I stayed away yeah. from the uh, uh, lineup situation in, in San Francisco just because I don't know what the solid line is going to be. Does Hicks, you really have a, like a solid position right now? And that's why I, I mean, that's a really good question, James. That's why I rank them very low in my outfield, but you know, with the back of mind that, you know, if it gets deep into the draft, Hicks might not be a bad pickup here, but so yeah. far I got judge according to roster resource. There's Aaron judge at right, Joey Gallo in left Aaron Hicks as a starting center fielder, but yeah. that, I mean, things can change, right? And, okay. and and Hicks is projected to get, oh, 546 plate appearances if he's healthy. If he's healthy yeah. and producing, which okay. we don't know. Uh, that's a good pick then. I, I Tim Locastro is also uh, waiting, you know, and Locastro is really fast as well. So we don't know. We don't know what the Yankees are up to. But uh, anyway, uh, Patrick Corbin going to Washington Nationals uh, fan, Leon, because he couldn't help himself. Dakota Hudson, Tony Gonsolin. That's a nice, decent pick up there. If he could uh, stretch out his arm and become a real starter. Uh, Will Myers, that's another head-scratching pick from Aaron. Uh, did not, well, like I said, Giants, Padres, I'm like, I don't want any part of that, uh, yeah. of those lineups at all. Uh, and then uh, look at you, James. Nestor Cortez Jr., who did step up late in the season. So you expect him to be the real deal or any yeah, uh, reservations about it? I don't him? know. He showed, he had a really good showing last year. Like, it's just, I, you know, it. he it looked great you know this is really late in the draft now this is just like you know these are guys that i'm just picking up like i when i pick up these uh backup places for like starting pitching it's like you either go two ways you go uh proven you know like average guys or you go for someone who just has a lot of upside and like might have a great season for you or you know might throw but <laughs> i i don't know i want a little bit more upside here he showed really great last year and if, if this works out for me this could be a really good like you know every other period uh start here for me all right. And then uh, Jet picks up Lurie Garcia, super utility guy, Lurie Garcia, who you'll be uh, appreciative that I am wearing my White Sox hat today. And I'm going to, mm-hmm. and I can say with all honesty that I do not like Lurie Garcia whatsoever. Not in fantasy, not as a starter. If he's just a bench piece on the White Sox and that's all he is, fine. But if you're, the, if the White Sox are depending on him to be an everyday starter, I'm going to claw my eyes out because he shouldn't be starting every day, but that's just me. Mario picking up Luis Patino. Who, and again, Mario just picking up all the post high prospect sleepers at this point. Uh, he picks up Cole. Uh, Sol- what's that? Go ahead. I was going to say the Rays are good for those kind of guys though. Yeah. Like, don't really work anywhere else. Go to the Rays. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, an ACE. So I, I think for a late pick, it's not that bad. Yeah, it, it really isn't. I'm just kind of concerned that um, like, like I, I, that's why I picked Drew Rasmussen over a guy like Luis Patino because yeah. 
I don't know what to expect from Patino. Uh, so far, it's been nothing but bad things. Like stuff is great, but he's not developing yeah. fast enough. And the Rays are have been known to pull the trigger, or, or at worst, you know, starting for four, get him to go for like two innings and then piggyback him with I don't know who's on that team, Jalen Beeks or something. I don't know. Yeah, Cole Sulzer going in the twenty first round. Isaiah kind of Falefa going to so another interesting pickup there from Jet going with the weak hitting. Uh, infielders there um austin i haven't heard from you in a while oh there's connor joe right there there you go angel but aside from connor joe any other pickup you like on the, in this round um late pickup of either colin McHugh or um actually i like the luke voigt pick here okay you know um going to know, henry's I'll, team yeah going to henry's team he'll get you some homers if you're down on on homers he is in san diego though and it is a luke voigt so, you know, <laughs> unless you're one of the categories is one arm bench press, he's not going to get you much other than, you know, homers. So we'll see. But I do like the Luke Voigt pick. Out of all of these, I like Luke Voigt and Colin McHugh. The pick that I don't like here is Pavin Smith from the Mets. I know Sean's yeah, a big I fan. I don't know. It's like, man, okay, so we do account for strikeouts and walks in this league as well. So if that's what he's looking for, that's fine. But I'm sorry, I, I I would prefer someone who could produce a little bit more in the counting stats department. Um, and then we talked about Mario getting on the post-high prospect sleepers. Well, Sean saw that. I'm like, all right, I see your Luis Patino, and I'll raise you Alec Bohm and Nate Pearson. So we'll see if that works out for Sean, <laughs> uh, Sean's team. But uh, round 22 now, we're almost done here. James, is there a pickup or a draft pick that you liked more than others in this 22nd round? Um. This is kind of just like that, the you know, like you were talking about, like this is just like the sleeper rounds. So, yeah. I mean, like if you're looking at it in terms of that, like guys who like might just like step up and do something like great. I, I like uh, Lamonte Wade Jr. I think yeah. you know, it, it, it is the Giants, you know, it's good possible platoons there. I, if I remember correctly, he's like, he like mashes the crap out of righties, but can't hit lefties or anything. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, you know, as long as he's paying attention to that, like, you know, what kind of starters is he facing this week? Is he going to be playing? That could be a really good pick. Um Kepler again, platoon guy, right? Um, well, he's starting because the I don't think the Twins have anybody else, but he should be platooning because he's just awful. Yeah, and Naquin too, right? I mean, um, yeah, yeah, that potentially, I, yeah, here as well. Yeah, I mean, you know what could be a really good pick from Jet also if like you know he actually gets into the rotation and like Oscar, could, you know, could, yeah, yeah, could like capitalize on like his past like hot streaks. Like I don't know, I, there's a lot. Of, these are just sleeper picks. Like any one of these can like or I, some more than others can like, just like wake up and have a great season. I, yeah. I happen to like my, my Evan Longoria pick here for a bench piece. Yeah. <laughs> All these vet vet guys under the, the new and reformed giants hitting. I don't know. He, <laughs> since he's gotten there, he's been having some crazy seasons. If it wasn't for that collision last year, he might've finished off a lot better than he did. So as a and, bench piece, I like this. And good for you. You might've found the one giants player who will be starting every day. And I exactly. have to worry about a platoon. Yep. So exactly only, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> only bad thing about him is that he's turning 36, 37 years old this year. So that is a concern. Older is not what it used to be in major yeah. league baseball. Uh, because like we talked about before the show started, PETs are banned. So you know, yeah. And the league is going younger, but the Giants are going the opposite way. Then nah, we'd rather go with the old players. Screw it. Uh, for those curious who I picked, I picked up MJ Melendez. So there's my third catcher because James ruined my entire draft. <laughs> uh Mario we went Francisco Mejia, yeah. Yeah, oh, I was just about to mention Mario goes and gets Francisco Mejia. So he's going with this post high prospect sleeper strategy. 
And of course he picks up Mitch Keller because it's Mario. That's what Mario <laughs> does. Mitch Keller. Oh my God, Mr. I can't control where my pitches are going, but Mario is going to go all in. There it is. Randall Gritchuk going to the Brewers fan. I Jeff. was so mad about this <laughs> because I, I got the notification for the trade like two rounds before this pick. Right. And I was like, all right, who's paying attention to like the, the trades. Right. Cause yeah. Gritchuk in Colorado seems like a match made in heaven. In my opinion, like yeah. this yeah. is like such a good, like tw- round 23 pick. Like it, it could just pan out, and like he might wind up just starting for you every day when he's at home. But it's like, you know, he picked him literally to pick before I was planning to pick him. So I, I got so pissed about this. But <laughs> you, you go with Carlos Carrasco. Did you at least like that pickup for yourself? Yeah, it's you know, it's just you know, he had a really bad season last year. He's talked about his splitter coming back. Okay, now that's good. like he's talking about like he's had a better grip on the ball. He got the bone spurs removed over the offseason. You know, Carrasco has had some great seasons. As a really late like pitcher pick, I I was I was happy that I was able to pick him up here. Like how late. old is Carlos Carrasco? You might ask. Carlos Carrasco is so old that back in two thousand six or around two thousand six two thousand eight around there, I had him protected in Austin. You would appreciate this in our Mardi Gras Madness League as one of my protected minor league players. <laughs> <laughs> and I wow. just and I've been waiting and waiting and waiting ever since for Carlos Carrasco to live up to his lofty expectations. So maybe with the Mets this year, he might. We'll see. Uh Austin, I asked you who you like in the previous rounds. Give me a player you didn't like in the 23rd round. Um Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks, huh? I don't like Hendricks. I don't like Hendricks. I don't like uh, Stallings either. Stallings, Ooh, is a Stallings. Defense. Stallings is a defensive catcher. He's not an offensive catcher. I don't like either one of those. Um, Hendricks, I liked him last year. I don't like him this year. Um, he's, you know, a little older. He's drawing more contact. Um, high ERA. I don't necessarily care for Kyle Hendricks um, or Jacob Stallings. I think those are the two that I don't like the most. Well, do you like Jacob Stallings better than James McCann? That's the, that's the question I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, only because I believe Stallings is younger. Okay. <laughs> I will give McCann some credit. Every once in a while, he'll just go on a line drive uh, barrage and make himself relevant. He did it with the, the Tigers. He did it with the White Sox, and he was able to parlay those into a big contract with the Mets. Um, so... I don't know, James, you're a Mets fan. Would the Mets still would have been better off getting JT Rio Muto and paying him all that money? Or are you still okay with James McCann as your starting catcher? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody wants JT Rio Muto, right? I, I think that's Sean. Obviously would have, yeah, I don't know. Sean has the some of the hottest and most coldest takes at the same time. So <laughs> you have to choose what, what you want to listen to with him. But I don't know. I, I, I didn't mind when we signed McCann. Like, we weren't signing him to be some, like, you know, hitting menace or anything like that like I, I don't think they signed him to be like 2020 james mccann okay. but like i obviously i would have liked to have real moto but i just think i think we were still under the Wilpons at the time right when we got this or i, I think you might be right I, my memory yeah. is hazy at this point so, so you would i, I kind of just accepted that real moto wasn't going to happen so I, I i don't i didn't mind the the mccann pickup i, I, I like it. it it bridges the gap to alvarez like really well in my opinion you get solid you know, defense was always a problem with the Mets catchers. So I think it's a good pick for us. And uh, yeah, getting to Austin's uh, comment about Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks was in my top 60 and I was getting ready to 
pick him up for like the last six or seven rounds in this draft. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I just, all I kept thinking was 88 mile per hour fastball. And it's like batting practice out there for these hitters. So I don't know what happened last year. It might be just a case of just being on a losing team or this dumbass Cubs just shooting themselves in the foot by getting a bunch of guys just like Kyle Hendricks. So yeah, exactly. You just get, he's just worse Stroman now. <laughs> and then you got more you know, Stroman who's else. Yeah. What, what's his average fastball about 90. So that's two miles yeah. per hour better than the rest of the uh, pitching staff over there. It yeah. might be one of those. I mean, James, you're a former pitcher. I got to ask you, is it one of those things where you need some sort of variety in your rotation just so to keep these hitters honest, you know, you, one day you'll face a 95 mile per hour guy. And then next day you get Kyle Hendricks at 88. So you think maybe Hendricks might have been benefiting from all that and that getting a bunch of guys just like him, a bunch of clones just like him last year might have done him in or am I think overthinking yeah. this too much? No. So from like a pitching perspective, uh, I'm uh, I was always a slower throwing like low 80 mid to low 80s, uh, big curveball, really big slider, like just. And then like uh, I had a, a lot of action on my two seam because of my three quarter release. Right. So basically okay. the way they would pair me is they would pair me with the guy who threw right over the top, 90-something miles an hour, like not a lot of break, but just like real hard stuff. And, you know, you you go from hitting a guy like that, trying to square up a guy who's throwing 90 at your face with not a lot of movement, and then all of a sudden you have this kid coming in throwing 84 with this giant curveball and the slider that's going to like barely hit the plate. And it's just this giant adjustment that you have to make. So I think having a guy like Hendricks like follow, like, you know, he definitely benefited a lot from the guys that they had on that roster before, but it's like, like John, now. Yeah. Go on. I was going to say John Lester, uh, John yeah. Lackey. And Oh, there's an name for me. some time. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Thank you so much. Jake Arietta was the other guy I kind of forgot yeah. about. But it's like, now it's like the way I see it is just, he's just like uh slower throwing like Stroman and Stroman already throws slow. It's like, how, you know, if I, if I'm hitting against the Cubs, and I face a guy like Stroman, and then all of a sudden I'm facing Hendricks the next day. It's gonna look. I'm gonna feel like I'm hitting against the same person, but they're throwing <laughs> even slower at me. You know what I mean? It's like I, I don't know. I, I don't really like Hendricks either. That's why I let him slip and I pick Carrasco instead. Like yeah. I, I'm not really sure where he's going. He's getting a lot older too. So I don't know. yeah, yeah. Hendricks is turning 32, which, as you guys know, and this when, when you're talking to me about these uh, pitchers, uh, that's like the new 35 when you count in inflation. But I am also the same guy who will tell you sometimes older is better with starting pitchers. They're a little bit more reliable. They're a little bit more seasoned, a little bit more crafty, but it would help a lot if Hendricks can go above 90, which he's not. So anyway, uh, so we finished this 23rd round at catcher, Sean, Sean loves every single blue Jays catcher that he went out and got Danny Jansen. So Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen are on the same team with Sean I'm sure he's pretty happy about that. And then he picks up prospect Ron C. Contreras. So I don't know if, if Sean is playing mind games with Mario, but you see Mario picking up the failed uh, prospect in Mitch Keller and then uh, for the Pirates. And then Sean picking up Ron C. Contreras, also from the Pirates, who's uh, in the lower levels of the minor league. So that should be interesting. Uh, I went back to back believers, as I explained at the beginning of the show, Tyler Matzek and Art Warren. Uh, Jaron Duran uh, going to the Yankees fan, Yankees fan here, Henry. So he paired up. Oh, and oh, not to bury the lead, but he also picked up Jack Leiter in the 23rd round. So there's his strategy. Going I have a feeling that's uh, he's going to pick him and stash him. No, he has to. I mean, 
he has no choice. He's going to have to reshuffle his minor league slots. He might have some room. I know that he picked up – he has two catchers protected at this point. So uh, that's just going to add to oh, – And I think he's banking on that uh, that um, Bart and uh, – Rushman. Yeah, Bart and Rushman are both going to play this year, and they're going to be mainstays in that lineup. So he's he's trying to get get his minor leaguers now. Yeah, but it, it, he also picked up Anthony Volpe, and we talked about it. Like, this only works if both of those guys get called up next season because by 2024, yeah. we start over again, including mm-hmm. minor leagues, minor league players. I asked you guys, would you why? I, or did I ask you guys, or did I ask uh, Aaron and Sean, who are my commissioners, do we want to protect the minor league players for the rest of life, or do we just start completely over? And I think everybody said, let's just clean, clean slate after 2023 and start fresh in 2024. So, I hope uh, Henry got the memo there. <laughs> so, but Jaron Duran, not a bad pickup if uh, Duran can start and he could steal bases. Uh, Corey Lee from the Astros going to Leon's team. Dominic Smith. One I day, that's I think that's a good pick with the Universal yeah. DH. I think that's a really good pick for the and last. I time. don't know if anybody's been watching like spring at all. You know, spring is spring, but yeah. Dom came in and they were, they interviewed him after his bad season last year, and he was like, "I'm hitting 330 home runs this year," and he <laughs> has been like, you know. Keith, I don't know if you guys have seen also that Keith Hernandez is actually allowed on the field now. After yeah, what was that about? Gone. Uh, basically, uh, just other managers and the front office were just like f- afraid of Keith. Like, they, I guess Why? the coaches were afraid of their for their jobs. Keith doesn't want to be a coach. Just can you imagine if a lot guys like Alonzo and Smith had Keith Hernandez at the spring at yeah. the the development camps, like helping these guys come up? Like, you know, it's. I, I think Dom, I, I compare Dom to Keith, like very, like I think they're like very similar archetypes, mm. archetypes of players and having him around, like it, it's showing an impact on Dom. He's, he hit two homers off of Scherzer in a spring, in a, in a inner squad game. He's mashing the ball in spring so far. Like he just, and with the DH, it's like, uh, hopefully Cano can uh, shoot up again so he can get banned for good. So we never have to see his face again. <laughs> and then Dom could be the everyday DH, but I, I, I this is, could be an amazing pick in round 24. With well, I mean, I, I like Dom Smith. I mean, you know, in 20, was it 2019 or 2020, he saved my season. And mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that I picked him up off waivers when we had all these Mets fans in that league. <laughs> so I always have a special place in my heart for Dom Smith. I just don't like what the Mets are doing to him because right now yeah. uh, at left field, right? That's the other position he plays. Well, you, you just signed Mark Canna to a long-term deal, right? So you can't. Yeah. So, and so you got to put him up there. Uh, who else? Where else can he play? First base, Pete Alonso? I don't think so. And then again, you just mentioned Robinson Cano at DH. Why isn't Dominic Smith there? But then he also would have to battle JD Davis as well because Davis could be a, a, a decent hitter as uh, as well when when he's uh, when when his head is on right or whatever. Just I don't, yeah. I'm running out of things to say, cliches to say about players here at this point. But no, uh, no it's a deep lineup, man. That's why I always say, man, that's look good, that's look good. And every time they play, they just let me down. So. Uh, but yeah, if Dominic Smith weren't on, on any other team, I think I would like him more, but he wouldn't be going to 24th round. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Drew second writer going to Mike Harvey's team. So both, uh, closers for the Mariners get picked up in this draft. I picked up Paul Sewell. Drew second writer goes to Harvey's team. James Karinchak going to Andrew's team. Zach Plesak going to Aaron's team. I don't know who Michael Harris is, but he's going to go to Matthew Whelan's team. Wilmer Flores going to the Mets fan here, James. Wilmer Flores, huh? You like him out there in San Francisco yeah. again? 
No, it's just um, like this is like the bench. These are the bench rounds, and okay. he didn't have anybody else. He didn't like that pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's my my thing with him is that the Giants are huge on platoons. He plays second, third, and first, so he has a corner and middle infield eligibility. And DH and, as well. He can play DH. And DH. Yeah, and you know, I could just if I see that they're playing like uh three lefties in a row, two lefties in a row in that period, I could just throw Wilmer in there, hit, let him hit three hundred, get a couple of bombs or something like that, and you know, it's. I, I, it's just, you know, it's the last pick of the draft. Yeah. He play, gives, gives me multiple versatility positions and, you know, he might just mash the shit out of lefties for me if I need him down the, the yeah. stretch. So I always like Wilmer, man. He always posts really good uh, ops numbers on base and slugging percentage yeah. numbers. Uh, it's the only thing I don't like is that he doesn't play every day. I don't yeah. know if that's just to kind of hide him, but yeah, against lefties for sure. Especially in a league like ours where the, you just mentioned, you can kind of manipulate the scheduling a little bit to your favor. So we'll see if that works out for you. Ray versus San Martin, which is a player that we've been talking about a lot. Well, relatively speaking, of course, uh, from the Reds. Uh, he might be a starting pitcher this year. And I guess Jet realized that Jet. I noticed that Jet likes to pick a lot of players from different uh, from different teams in, in the NL Central, you know, being the Brewers fan that he is. So it's the, it's the opposite of some of these Mets fans where they pick up guys from the Nationals and the Braves and the Marlins <laughs> because they're used to them getting their asses kicked by them. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so San Martin, where is he? So San Martin, oh, okay, long relief pitcher for the Reds, but he at one point was projected to start for them. So we'll see what happens there. And of course, we start the draft with Aaron Nola with the number one pick overall, and we finish the draft with Mario Margola with the last pick, getting Austin Nola. So we start with Aaron, we end with Austin Nola. And that is it. There's the big board right there of all the teams that uh, were in the uh, part of this draft. Um, so, yeah, uh, interesting. You know what I like about this draft, James? What I like about this more than the other uh, typical baseball drafts is that I can, and I told this to Matt Bushnell too this past week because uh, we talk a lot. I can draft this team to the way I would construct a real Major League Baseball team just because of the uh, – of the way it's set up, the category league to it, the the, the head-to-head uh, semi-weekly aspect to it, aspect to it as well, that I can pick and choose my players the way I would choose a real uh, baseball team. I mean, do you see it that way, James, or do you still see it as a oh, this is a fantasy team, so I got to draft for all these fantasy categories? I don't know. Well, what's your take on this league no, so far? I think you're right. It, it feels a lot like you're almost like a real manager in a way. You know, you got to like pick these guys that you know you. You know, you need certain categories. You need to hit some home runs. You need a lot of RBIs. You need guys to get on base and steal bases and score and everything, right? And it's like, and then you need a, a strong pitching lineup with depth, depth and everything. It's like, it's it feels, you really need to think, like, if I were a manager, like, who would I want in this spot here, you know? And it's it adds, like, an extra level to, like, not only, like, your enjoyment with the league, but also just, like, the mental, like, strategy aspect of, like, how you have to plan out everything. That was a really good points, man. I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I, I mean, we worked, Sean, Aaron, and I have worked so hard to, uh, excuse me, get this league going and making it uh, manageable for a lot of people. I know it's it's uh, it's demanding a lot, but it, it really is a put up or shut up with this league. If, you, if and I, I purposely make it tough because I want to see if how far can you take your baseball knowledge because I only take the smartest people uh, into this league. People are crying that they want to be a part of this league. I'm sorry, no one wants to quit. So yeah. that's why Austin I and I created. That too. 
Yeah, uh, we had one guy quit on us. Uh, well, uh, since we went to Fantrax, we had one guy quit on us, and he never came back to me about coming back. But either way, there's no room. And that's why Austin and I, we had to create a, a separately just for all the guys who are on the waiting list just to come at me because they want a piece of me. They want to see if they can topple the king, but they're not because I don't believe in any other. No, I'm just joking about it. <laughs> but we are getting ready for the next week's draft. We're getting ready for a draft tonight. Austin, we have a busy schedule ahead of us. We have another podcast coming next week. We're going to review the Marty Crown Madness head-to-head points league where I'm, uh, I'm a little bit more modest in that league for certain, for obvious reasons. Uh, you'll like this one, James. I have Jacob DeGrom kept as one of my five keepers in that league, and I don't know how to feel about that. So Yeah, it's, it could be the best thing ever. It could be the worst thing ever. Exactly. If he, actually, if he actually pitches more than 15 games this year. Yeah, and I was forced to pick up Brandon Woodruff as well uh, to, as a keeper to carry over this season. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, Austin, we're getting ready for that tonight. Are you ready, Austin? Uh, I think I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. Uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty nervous about that actually being a third year fantasy player. And uh, you know, my keepers are okay. They're not great. And I'm working with, I have a really tough draft ahead of me. The guy that I took over for traded away his first round draft picks. So I'm not drafting until later in the second round. And uh, yeah, there's a few rounds where I'm not drafting and uh, it's, it's going to be tough. It's yeah, similar to me. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, draft picks are are tradable. Just in this league, we haven't seen anybody trade draft picks in this league so for some odd reason. But uh, everybody is very, um, very liberal with their draft picks. I'll say that I'll put it that much. And this guy gave away a lot of draft picks, and yeah, we don't and know for I what. A guy who wanted who wanted to give me Shohei Otani for uh, uh, I think both of my second round draft picks and something else and i was like no because then i'm not gonna be drafting in two rounds my team's gonna suck i don't know i need a first round pick and nobody would give me a first round pick everybody's getting kind of stingy with their draft picks right now so yeah yeah, yeah that's that exactly. happened to me remember felipe i came in like in like august or september of like one of the the years that's how i got into the league is someone left the fan tracks league and I was brought in very late and I Jerry Depotoed my way into like getting a somewhat decent team that I could actually have keepers from. And uh, yeah, it's like, it's tough, you know? And now there's like got guys in my league that have like, like real keepers, like DeGrom, Scherzer, like, you know, huge guys. And I've somehow finagled my way into getting like bets and, you know, freed and stuff. So I started out a little bit behind, but there's hope. Don't worry. You got this. Yeah, listen, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear guys who are not going to give up. Oh, whatever. It's just a throwaway league. No, no. You're, if you're in my league and you're the, if you're trying to be there and uh, representing the I baseball life. I know it's life not league, a throwaway league. I didn't say I was going to be giving up. I'm just oh, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking oh. just in general. I'm just in general. Oh, I'm not talking yeah. about you. I'm so, yeah. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear. I'm not giving up. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And, uh, and that's what it takes because people will come, Hey, do you, do you have a spot in that league? You have a spot in that baseball life league? Like, first of all, I don't even want you, but secondly, I don't know how you play. I know how these guys play. I like how these guys play because they don't, they don't quit. They don't give up. They try every week. They, they were trying when it was a free league. That's, that's how I knew. So okay. we'll see what these guys are made of next week as, uh, you know, I'll be honest. It's a minor league system, right? If anybody in baseball, like decides to leave, I at least now have a better scouting understanding of these other guys who want to join and we'll go from there. But like, as James mentioned, no one leaves the baseball life league. You'd be stupid to leave. Why would you? It's the best league out there. James, one more time, tell the folks where they can find you. 
uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, Insta- uh, whatever, YouTube, all the same name. Uh, it's going to be S-L-Y-S-S-B, Sly SSB TV. Um, I'm on really every platform now. So TikTok too. <laughs> Find me out there. You can see me live pretty much three times a week. All right. It's mornings, anytime. And Austin, where's your, where, you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me in the Baseball Life Facebook group, or you can find me at Twitter at round underscore trippers. And you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at pathological underscore the letter H, the number eight, pathological hate. And of course, Baseball Life, the best baseball group in all of Facebook. And we are here every Sunday morning. We will catch you next Sunday morning. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good one. One.